Everything's been good. Everything's been good. All right. You guys seem to be all happy and jolly and golly and ready to go. Yeah, we're glad to be back on the pod. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, man. I'm happy for you guys to come back, man. So for this pod is actually a very special podcast episode because it so happens that you guys happen to be my 100th episode of my podcast. So you guys are right now lucky enough to be my 100th guest. Or episode, you know, we're doing this a very special episode, you know, so there's like really nothing much to do, but it's set to just get on with it, man. So this episode, we're going to be doing a, a few things differently than the usual conversations and Q&A's that we put Um, in this episode. I decided, like, let's just hear a little bit more about your stories and hear more about all the things that you've done in the past year everything that you guys are doing now and everything that's going to happen in the future, you know? And afterwards, we got a couple of, you know, top 100s of questions, you know, that we can fill up and whatnot. And then just talk about with the current bits of what's happening, you know? So are you guys up yeah. for it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Let's do it. All right. So, well, man, last time that we have a discussion, it was uh, probably by around January, correct? Right around that, I think. So let's. So I guess I can say that since we spoke it in January, a lot has changed. Correct? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. So there's like a lot of things that has happened since the time that we've spoken to all the way to right now. Like, what are the things that happened? You know, and let's start with the first thing is the success rate on your first festival. Which congratulations on you guys for you know for doing a, a very nice festival in Miami and the brewing company, you know? Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was our that was the big thing. Uh we were talking about it before on your podcast that we were yeah. teasing something big and uh it came to fruition. I told you. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking dope, bro. Like the fact the fact that you guys pulled through a festival, you know out of the blue well not not say out of the blue but managed to you know pull it out that many can say that their expectations were low bar and you guys exceeded those expectations am i am i correct am i far from it or you know yeah so i think that a lot of people didn't expect us to pull off the event that we did um shout out to player garden and uh, x2a and mark Tech yeah. being a part of that on our journey to build that up but yeah, we we definitely blew it out the water with that last one for sure. I mean that that's fucking pretty good. And tell me what are, what are your highlights for that day overall? You know? Oh man, just the, the feeling of everything going smoothly because yeah, doing an event like that, there's a lot of stresses that go on behind the scenes and everything moving leading up to that point. But the feeling of everything coming together and culminating into that beautiful moment of everyone having a great time, totally worth it. And I definitely think that that happened the way it did because of the mm. community that showed up at this event. We were overwhelmed by our fans and people who support us on a regular basis. Yeah. And then all the new faces just made the whole event come come full circle. I was I was literally blown away by the moment I entered the place. And it's just like it's amazing. Like you can tell that the fan base is there. Like people really want to be there. People wanted to support their homies, you know, and everybody was, you know, having a good time. There were no hiccups whatsoever or were they? Uh, no, I mean, no, there, there's always hiccups. There's always hiccups and anything that you go into, you know, there's always going to be hiccups. But luckily there were small little bumps and not mountains. So, okay. so it's funny because the one hiccup that really was like the most detrimental was mm. the firearm 
the smoke machines. Cut Yo. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a quick <laughs> fix. We got that covered. So, but it was, it was a pretty funny moment when I heard the fire alarm and then I got the call from Chris, Chris over the mic. And yeah. That that mean, I mean, do you guys know what started it? I think I do know what started it. You know, they say it's the CO2 cannons that we were blasting for like the fog machine and everything. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure people were just having a good time and, you know, rolling up and smoking some, you know, I, I think that's what happened. I was there when that happened and I, I draw the conclusion to why it's not the CO2. So it's the other thing around, you know, it was just it was just that out. I was just talking to Ted's, you know, from Carbonation. Shout out to him. Uh, we were just having a conversation and we were all, you know, doing our thing. And all of a sudden, the whole thing started to alarm out of nowhere. I'm just like, well, okay. I guess this is my cue to get out. I don't want to be burned alive here. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that, that would be like the most stressful situation that I think we had at that event. We were freaking out for a little bit, but luckily oh. we were able to get that in, in for, check for a good like 20 seconds. We were like, what's going and on? And for those that don't know, during the time that that happened was like right at the peak when everyone was coming in and filling in the doors at mm. night. Right when everything was kind of starting to roll in and there's oh. people now packing up the room. Right when that was happening, the alarm set off. <laughs> Yo, but it was thankfully, it was just, you know, it was nothing serious, you know. Thankfully, it was nothing serious. It's just that. Obviously, in the situation where I was present about there, it, the whole room felt like it was a little bit foggy. So obviously the alarm trip when it, when it comes like that, it, which is no room. That means that if anything serious does happen, we, we were, are, at, least, at least we know that the place is, absolutely. you know, good in case of any emergency. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, <laughs> um, and during that day, like I felt like I was able to talk to you guys just a little briefly. You know, what was going through your heads during that day and that moment? You know, I mean, something for like that, at least we with our team, at least that we work with, we kind of split the roles of how we want everything to be managed for the mm-hmm. day. So for Lorenzo, he's in charge of vendor coordinating, in charge of making sure that all the people that are going to be out in the open front area, because we had uh, three stages for the previous uh, event that we did. That front area was under his control. So he had to make sure that everything was regulated with all of them, making sure that vendors had the space, the spaces that they needed. They were comfortable with what they, where they were at. And they had, you know, ample, you know, supplies like water and just anything that they would need in general. He was in charge of, um, for my, for my, what my, my role was, I was in charge of everything that handled on the main stage, mm. uh, so on the base stage that we had, I had to handle all the artist relations, making sure that everyone was on time for their cues. And making sure that the visual people that were working, shout out to Utah Visuals and Ashes Official uh, for taking care of our visuals for that night, uh, making sure that they were okay and that everything was satisfactory for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then X2A and Andy or Andy and, and Mark, they took care of all the rest. You know, they took care of all the nicks and knacks that were going on. So shout out to them as well. That's pretty dope, man. And what are, let's just say, what were the things that were going through your head during the day of the event that you wish you could have done differently? That's a good question. That is a very good question. Um, honestly, I haven't even thought about that just mm. from uh, the impact that that event has had for us. And that really like set the line for everything that we have to do in the future is going to be better than that. Um, Or like that kind of set the standard, right? What would you say? Yeah. I think the only thing that I wish that we had a little bit more ability to change in that event was, was security. I Mm. think that we had, we didn't have enough security 
there. And that's the one thing that I want to make sure for our future events that we go into, that there's more security, more things in place for people's right. protection. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is making sure that people are in a safe space. Yes. And a space that they feel that they're one, going to be safe doing whatever they're doing. And right. two, knowing right. that nothing bad can happen to them. And but the thing that we lacked the most was having more security at an event for the level that we were having it at. I felt pretty safe though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the area itself looks pretty safe itself. I mean, in a way, I mean, it's in a fucking warehouse. So it's like in the middle of nowhere in the corner side, you know, but like the, the place itself feels safe. You know, I, I, the thing that I, if it, if it, it's a good thing that you mentioned about security because like, yes that is true as I was just going around and just going every corner to corner like I felt like if I did saw security it'll probably be like five security guards in throughout the entire event you know and yeah, yeah like th that could that could have just increased a little bit also I felt like you know anybody could just pass by to any section you know and and I, I don't know if that we faced as well. Uh, our thing right with, with what we did, we were low man, little manpower, honestly, on our, mm. our behalf. It was four of us doing that event at that yeah. scale. And um, we were lucky enough to get a couple of people to help us out with doing uh, with doing security. But definitely on your point, we did have a lack of, uh, you know, having things in place to make sure that there was a proper flow of where people could go and where people couldn't go. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously right on that. Absolutely. Yeah, the the one thing I didn't understand why was there a security guard like blocking the the house stage? Oh, so with that, that's a that's well, that's mostly because on that section where we had it, we also had uh where where the back room was on the back yeah. warehouse portion where we have the green rooms. So we wanted to make sure that anyone that was walking through there was being checked, not only that if they're attending the event, but making sure that the artists that were going there were yeah. artists that were going and not just people walking into the back of the warehouse for that event. So we had to set that up. Um, moving forward, though, with our future events that we plan there, we don't plan on, on having a security guard at that little section closing it off, more so just at the door. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that was I probably, I should have mentioned, I was like, you know, because there were many times in which the security guard stopped me. It's like, oh, I'm just passing by the house stage. Like, oh, you need a wristband. It's like, okay, here. And then I just literally walked past it and I just went straight to the green room. And I'm like, my head is like, Yo, like, all I just this showed up my 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 wristband, and I just walked past behind him, and I could have just gotten in it. Anyone else could have just like go Gone behind, exactly. yeah, you know. That was our that was I would say like our biggest problem in that aspect was definitely security for us and just the placement of people. And I think it was like one of those things, like you said, it was like the hiccups that you have before mm -hmm. the event and the things that you could really improve on. And for us, that's like a major one that we we thought of as well because. It did. It did stop the flow of people moving from that from that stage and then moving over to the back room stage yeah. that we had as well, for sure. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there were just a bunch of, of people who who just want to listen to house and didn't have the accessibility because it's like, oh no, you you need a wristband. And we're like, well, not necessarily. I mean, it's a festival. A festival. You're supposed to go to one stage to another without you know being checked if you have a wristband or not. You know. Absolutely. Well, that's funny you mentioned that because Okeechobee, they do that for their main stages. Mm -hmm. Like you camp in there and you have to go sign in or just scan your wristband mm -hmm. to like the three main stages. But yeah, other than that, I've never seen that implemented. And, and else. on your point, though, you're very right because it is one location that we were doing this in. Now, once we plan to do our expansion, which 
is down the line we plan on expanding not out of that building and using mm-hmm. uh, the other buildings that are nearby mm-hmm. to throw a larger scale of block party type festival. Oof. And then for that, we plan on doing the same type of thing where you have to have yourself banded in order to partake in any of the stages that are going to be laid yes. out. But for your for your point that you made, it was that was a big problem. That was also our first time working with that venue for mm. what we were doing. Okay. And for and that's the thing I would say for like other people that are doing events like ourselves, definitely have conversations with the place that you're working with. And make sure that the management of those places are aligned with what you're doing and to try to find a good mixture. So for what we did for this one, the reason why we had things set up the way that they were was because we were we were having to get them checked with the venue because they've never had done anything on that type of level or scale. Oh. And they wanted to do a lot of things their way and have things in place. So we, we kind of had our arms bent on that one and we had to abide by it. But thankfully, with the success of that first one, we were able to now have a lot more liberty and freedom with how we're moving forward. So this this upcoming events that we have planned there are going to be run completely different because now they're more comfortable with the idea of what we're able to offer and bring to the table. Right. That Yeah, that's actually a a great fit. And and, and the best way to show them is by giving them results. So that way you have more liberty to do much more things, you know, and and I, I can see why a place at a establishment like that will be like, nah, bro, you got to you got to do it our way or there's no way, you know, and you yeah, got to. Yeah, you got to show them, you know, give them that little trust, say like, all right, don't don't worry, we got you. We'll do it your way. And here's the results. Now, can you do it our way for a bit? Just bet and see how it goes. That that's actually pretty good. That's actually pretty good because you exceeded their expectations. I heard that your their expectations for you guys, you know, they say that their their bar was very low. It's like they only expected to be like 50 people coming out and you guys exceeded like five times that amount, correct? Yeah, so we did for that event our our number ended up being at 486 people. Um, and that doesn't include uh, the vendors or the artists that we had that attended right. as well, and also guest listed. So we we did with all of those included, we did over 500 for the night. Yeah, that was just tickets, and then our guest list was was about a hundred. Yeah, it was about a hundred people. That's for guest crazy. Room. Yeah, that's so. crazy. For the first time, you guys pull up a a festival on a venue, you know, and manage to tackle two different genres, two different stages and managed to pull through like that. That's crazy to hear that. Yeah. And then we also had, you know, the, the, when we did the whole idea of planning it out, we also wanted to incorporate a stage that was dedicated to, you know, an open slot, an open slot, entire open slot stage. Mm-hmm. This helps because our whole thing from the very inception, even when we talked to you before, it's all about supporting your locals. Yes. Not those that help you, you know? So we set up a, a whole, we had a sign up sheet in the very entrance of the event where if you, when you walked in, you could sign up to play on the open decks. And then we had some of the boys that had worked with us on the house stage that had played there. They went over there and helped to manage and help run and facilitate all those uh, open slots that we had. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we had 12 open slots, oh. 30 minutes, lots of piece. So we, we were able to get in a lot of like local talent, give them an opportunity to play in front of like a pretty large crowd, especially on the stage that they had, which was outside right next to a train track. Yeah. So every 30 minutes you have trains flying by, which 
it was just a very, very interesting <laughs> concept. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, what was that first stage the whole time? I, I peeked around on it and there was like a lot of people outside of it, but I never knew it was like, oh, cool. A first stage. I thought it was just going to be two stages. Yeah. So we uh, we were lucky enough to get from uh, One Vibe, you know, shout out to One Vibe and shout out to Decal. Uh, they were able to help us out with uh, some of our production needs that we needed. And uh, we had talked to them about, uh, and as well, shout out to this uh, on um, Unlimited Records. Mm. Shout out to Unlimited Records Emil. for helping out. Emil, shout out for him as well for helping us out with the stage and getting us the stage platforms. And right. uh, what we did was we utilized uh, the barrels that they had there because they have very vintage barrels that they use for the outdoor areas like uh, drinking and, you know, smoking areas so we set those up in the front almost like a barricade yeah and on top of that we set a table and then we had uh, rc djs on top of that and then the speakers on the side with two small lasers pointing out uh it wasn't you know the craziest type of setup but it was definitely a, a very nice improvement for those that are you know in the industry it was it was pretty awesome to set that up and a lot of people had the opportunity to play so i mean yeah, I could say that the best thing was that, you know, that uh, there was just a, a nice weather overall. You know, there was no rain and everything went just exactly how it's supposed to be. You know, it's like and I'm happy to see that and I'm happy that I got to meet and see a lot of locals that I never thought I would ever meet. You know, and I also, you know, when I saw Andy's stage, I was just like, ah. Is I I re, I that I I remember why I enjoy a lot going to the base stages, you know. Yeah, they wild out. I could. There's a lot of local talent down here, and they have they they have something to prove. I can say that with all truth. A lot of the kids down here that we book, we worked with in the past. A lot of people that yeah. you know, we actually flew down a couple a couple people from uh, Philly to perform uh, for us as well. Um, yeah. so it was really it was just really awesome to be able to connect the community like like that. And I was also about to uh, talk to you about that. It's like, who were those people who oh, were outside of the local, out of the local scene? You know, because you say that you put people from, from, from Philly, and also that I met people that are from Cali as well. Yeah. So we actually for this upcoming show that we have, uh, we're doing Zoopstool, uh, Amorphic, and Shizlo, um, and then we also have uh, Hype It Up, who's coming all the way out from Los Angeles, and he's going to be performing as well. Uh, this one, we have a lot of local support as well um, on the lineup. And then we decided to go get some other people, uh, some not, you know, some pretty like awesome artists Big that news. are also blowing up right now in the industry. And we, we want to continue to work with people that are, you know, growing in this industry and giving them a, a, a platform to, you know, help boost the others that are around continue yeah. to grow everyone within this community. That's actually pretty dope, you know. I actually fucking love it that you guys are like literally yeah, seeking out really just really outside like of South Florida, you know. So uh, every time we we have a podcast, Wilson, I gotta tell you, man, we 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 have <laughs> problems. We fight through it. We we, we fight, fight through it though. I have I to tell you actually. To, now that we're all back on the podcast, I have a funny story to say. All Last right, time we tell. were on your podcast, we did it in front of a kava bar because uh, I was. Doing, he was moving and uh, we just didn't have anywhere to do it. Yeah. And uh, we were at the Kava bar, but it was way too loud. So it went outside. And when we were outside, it started to rain. So if you see us in the in that previous podcast, wiping the computer and doing everything, we were trying to, you know, keep the computer alive and make sure that we got through your podcast with, you know, all good vibes. And I was just thinking of that. 
Um, <laughs> it was super funny because if you watch that video, it starts off during the day and then slowly and slowly get darker <laughs> as it goes into night. And I just, I love that about the video. Hey, it makes it, makes it more interesting, more, makes it more like, ooh, what's going on here? Huh? You know, like there's never, there's never a dull moment with me in, the, in this podcast, you know, and you're not oh, freezing. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. All right, perfect. Yeah, I, I had to connect to my hotspot. My Wi-Fi was, was going everywhere. Oh, no worries, man. No worries. As long as as long as we can still do this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Look, rain, shine, or bad Wi-Fi will make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm trying my best so I can get a studio of my own, so that way we can actually sit down and do it in my studio, you know. But it's okay. like it's kind of a little impossible. Especially due to tonight. Right now, everything's shutting up to hell with prices. So, but the next time, we'll let's try to make a, a like a face to face studio, and we can do that proper instead of doing it for here. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That we're 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 down for it. Believe me, we are. We're we're honored to just be back on the podcast. Honestly, the last uh, time we were here, you know, you're an incredible host, and you know, you do a great job of what you do, and we're just happy to be back. Thank you, thank you. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do my best. You know, try to you know. Try to have conversations with people. Try to see their perspectives and hear their struggles and their experiences into do matters, you know? And I want the people out there to know you guys and know what you guys are going through and all this crap that you guys have to deal all the time, you know? So so we don't want to hear the, oh, it's that easy. I can run a fucking festival. Like, bet your balls you can't. (laughs) I mean... It, it, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to willpower. And, and and as I like to say, it's the most important thing in this world, meeting people, mm-hmm. being nice to people yes. and trying to build relationships with those that are around you. I agree. Because you can never get anywhere in any type of industry unless you start knowing people and really culminating relationships that like are beneficial for everybody. You know, and I think that's where it really came down for like that. That last event was a culmination of all the 19 events that we did prior. All the people that we had on our show was every yeah. single person that we have ever had come through for any of our shows. And we wanted them to, you know, come together for this big event. And like that, at least from our side of things, especially with our vendors and like the people that we've worked with, you know, it's just a slow process of growing. And any, not everybody can do an event. You know, you have to have a vision. You have to know what you're going into. Yeah. And, a team. and a team, most important is having a strong team. People yes. that are that you can rely on and that can be your backbone when because you can't do everything on your own fuck no. i mean there's you have 500 people at an event and i promise you one person doing it you're gonna go crazy you're gonna you're, you're gonna your head's gonna pop you know you need to have those people that you can rely on that can get the job done and that are passionate about it because you can't have someone that's not passionate about project yeah that's in front of you you know i agree i agree man and Many many things that we do is networking, and that's very very important. If you ever want to be, you know, if you ever want to succeed in your life, with it doesn't have to be just like here in this industry. It could be in anything. Like network with people, you know, and greet with them, and be friends with them, you know, and 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 do business together, you know, stuff like that. Because eventually, the more you work with each other, the more each other, you know, work as a team, work as as a community, and then. Things will build, you know, Rome wasn't built yesterday, you know, Rome had a, a a whole entire civilization or team in sorts for them to build themselves, you know, that's exactly on 
any aspect, you know, and anything that you're trying to build up, you definitely need a team. And I can't stress this much. I know I need a team. That's for sure. I, I can't do the lone wolf podcast and me being the lone wolf, you know, and do everything on my power. Like, no, I definitely need an editor. I definitely need a, a producer, a marketer and a, mm -hmm. and, a, and a manager that can, you know, handle my business and book, you know, people over to the show, you know, and I just ca come here, make sure everything's all smooth and just do my thing, you know, and, and ready to go. Exactly. Everything at the end of the day, like I said, it's the people that you have around you. You need to yes. have that strong foundation. And, you know, luckily we were able to, you know, put that together, you know, shout out to him for being, you know, the backbone of the business and getting things done and getting pretty when he needs to. Let's go. But, you know, that's like the type of things that you need in any type of things that you do. You know, we, we started throwing shows at a dive bar in Boca. You know, we were doing our first, like our shows were doing maybe like a hundred people around a hundred sometimes less sometimes I mean, less couple like you know for the beginning you know it was rough you know right. you, you don't have successes for everyone but it's that slow process of growing and going through the pains and the struggles of doing it until you're finally comfortable to take that next step and make that leap because some people get way too caught up and want to make the leap as soon as they they, mm. they have the opportunity and something yeah. it's sometimes not the best move to make and i had to yeah, I had to commend you guys. I had to commend you guys the fact that you guys, not only are you guys doing this, but you guys had the will of not giving up. A lot of people, you know, they do these first shows and they're just like, man, we didn't meet numbers and it's not going well. And it's like, this is just a pipe dream, you know, like, let's just scratch this and do something else and then lose focus out of it. You know? But you guys kept it going. Even when how you guys said is that, you know, at first you started with 50 and then a hundred and then so on and so on. You know, you guys kept it going. Even when it becomes a roller coaster, you still kept it going, you know, and then have the success of this first festival is just proof of concept that it works. You know, you just, you just, have to have that will of not giving up, you know, just work hard and play hard, basically. Absolutely. It's you can enjoy what you build, but it's you have to work to build up yeah. that thing that you can mm -hmm. enjoy. You have to build it and you build it from the bottom and you have to go through all the trials and tribulations to make sure that all the problems that you had from previous events don't lead up to now or to that moment, you know, and we were lucky enough that we were able to break all the kinks and stuff before, you know, right. opening doors. And shout out to the boys over at Fleurgard, Mark and Andy. I mean, without them, we couldn't have done it. I think they're just, I mean, yeah, without them, we couldn't have done it. And uh, if you're not following them, go follow them. Yes. Fleurgard on Instagram. They are the, I mean, dude, like. Yeah, they're, 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 just, they're with the community, man. They really look out for the homies. community. Yeah. And this is something that I love to see. The fact that it, that I'm seeing from my eyes and experiencing it, that you guys have like two different companies in a sense, you know, building a festival together. The fact that you guys are building something together as a whole, as a team, as a community, that's fucking wholesome, you know? Because if you got other people out there that you see that they started festivals or big events and shows there, everybody's just a promoter, you know? And, and, and promoters have a, such a bad reputation because them being promoters here in Miami, you know, ripping off people and screwing DJs off and, you know, just scamming overall and and not not saying that they're not doing a good job of getting people to the shows, but they really don't give a shit about that. Like they it's then it's just another day at an, another day in paradise for them for, you know, filling up their pockets. That's pretty much all what it is, you know, but you guys are 
taking it a different direction in which it's this is the direction in which people are supposed to do festivals or events or shows or whatnot. Like this is the way. No pun intended from the Mandalorian. <laughs> this is the way. Like this is the way. This is like the most not, not say peaceful. The most, I guess, the most communal thing to do in the EDM industry. I'm making a. I'm making a festival. You know, because there's no. There's no bad ill intentions with each other. Like you can sniff out somebody who who's been ill who ill about it to towards your business. You can sniff that okay. shit out. Like you you can sense bad juju when it's nearby by, you know, and you can tell um people whether they're like they're in it or they're not, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You can tell when people are about the culture and when they're not about the culture. And we do it for the culture. We've been ravers since me, I've been raving since I was 16. Tim, I since I was old enough to. <laughs> yeah, so we've been in the, we've been, you know, going to them, like going to these festivals, going to raves, and you know, we understand the culture and we understand yes. what it takes from like the community side of things. You know, like we throw events for people like ourselves to want to attend. Like for the for for the event that we threw, like I as a person that just likes to go to events i would have loved to go on to my event you know as a guest mm -hmm. you know and that's how like we want to create all of our events like that something where you feel like you're a part of something bigger part of like this bigger community and like everyone's on the same type of energy you know um which you know shout out to literally everybody that worked on the project you know that we we did because you know it was it was really like fractal alliance shout out to webaholics you know like those boys, you know, they they're blowing up, they're doing it, and they they're they were happy to be a part of something that really grows the community. And you know, with all the artists that we work with and all the talent that you know is down here, there's so much room. And I've said this to you before on the previous podcast. There's so much room for these people to yes. have the opportunity to really show out and show what they're capable of doing. And I feel like they they don't have that opportunity down here. Yeah. But we're trying to really just change up that type of stigma on like these local artists and really, you know, make it something to show that there's a lot of value down here. I agree. So, I agree because that's the, that's the stigma that we're trying to remove from the equation. We're trying to get rid of the bad reputation that we have as uh, when, when it comes to making these EDM shows, you know, and we're trying our best to make it a much more, safer and enjoyable environment you know for everybody Absolutely. to enjoy their time everybody having a piece of it you know and say like this is cool this is something i can see myself going all the time you know you Absolutely. know versus versus all these people all these promoters that are here in south florida that are only in it for the money you know it's like it's a business i get it's a business but I feel like there's better ways to have a very successful business. You know, the, you can make the the greediest way to do it. That's one way to do business. And then you can have the way that you guys are doing it. You know, the more. And with the, that point, like, with what you're saying, it's 100 percent right. Like you're 100 percent right. Like There's people that are in it for the money. But the problem is, if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Exactly. Yes. I'm still growth. You know, like you have to do it for the people, like for the, the people that like will come and support and will help you and will help grow your community. As long as you give that love, you know, like anything, you have to nurture what you have. And like, yeah, we could we could do shows and charge outlandish prices and not put any time and effort into our 
production or decorations or even trying to curate vendors that are different in different styles and artists that are different styles. But we do we take the time and the effort to do that to make sure that people walk away with a feeling of, wow, these people are actually caring about mm-hmm. what's going on and there's actual purpose to what we're doing, you know? At the, at, yeah, at this point, I think it's become more than a business and it's almost become a passion. Yeah. Or it pretty much is a passion. And we strive to just create the environment that people can be themselves with their friends and just overall be a part of something as a community while listening to some of the best music in South Florida. And that's also something huge with our artists that we book. We, you know, we book artists that are passionate, that mm-hmm. have the passion, that have the drive, because there's, there's a, there's a big difference, you know, between having some DJ that, that plays at like some random restaurant, you know, that only plays, you know, top hits. And then someone that's producing music and putting in the effort and the hours and those late nights to make those, to make those songs and to make those yeah. tracks and put, putting them out. Even if they're not receiving, you know, we have people that, that go on our, our shows that only have, you know, a hundred listens, 250 listens on their SoundCloud. But it's the fact that they're putting in the effort, putting in the time, putting in that work that makes us want to work with them because it shows the passion that's there, you know? And that's the most important thing with anything is that passion and that drive. Yeah, bro. And I like that. I like that a lot because you're giving them a voice. You know, you're, they're not, they're no longer being shadowed or being blocked out because of all the requirements that you got to do just to be, you know, spotted on, on a show or have people to see you, you know, like, no, you guys are, you know, giving them a voice, you know, you're giving them a shot, you know, just like I'm trying my best to put these guys out there. You guys are doing the same thing as I am, but, you know, giving them the opportunity to be there and have a slot and show them that, see, guys, if you work hard, you do matter. You can play out there. Look how much fun you're having, you know, and and if you keep going, man, sky's the limit at that point, you know? Absolutely. And that's like how we, we viewed like this previous project and the projects that we're moving on to, you know, it's all about trying to keep that community growing and keeping the artists that we work with and any artist that, you know, has the passion and the drive, we want to include them into what we do because those are the people that produce the best music. I mean, shit, when we had our show, everybody was fucking hidden. Yeah. There wasn't a set I walked to every stage and everybody was having a great time and the music was hidden because the people that we had on were passionate about their craft. And you you you, you have it's it's hard to find those type of people, but they do exist. And you know, those are the people that you have to work with because if they don't have that, you won't have a successful show and you won't have a successful stage on yep. its own. I agree. I agree, man. Um, and I, I, I also wanted to ask you guys, um, what are you guys are currently doing right now? Because I know you guys have got a current festival that's co- popping again now in in March, right? So March 22nd, uh, we're going to be having Shizlo, Zoopstool, and um, Amorphic at the same location at Unbranded. Yeah. Um, this time we're going to do two stages only. Um, we were taking a little bit back uh, on, on the other stage that we had because we're going to be introducing a little bit more variety when it comes to food. And that was also a point that, you know, looking back that I would have changed mm. was definitely food. Uh, we food. didn't realize. Yeah. Food. We didn't realize that, you know, how, how important, you know, of course, food's important. We, we all get that, but we didn't realize how fast food will sell out in an event at that type of level we had oh. one weekend auction that we had and they sold out by i believe like eight o'clock 9 30 <laughs> yeah. 
they yeah. sold out almost immediately and uh the bar does sell food but they sold out because yeah. they weren't prepared for the numbers like you said and they yeah. didn't think that we were going to be able to bring in the crowd that we had so that was a big problem that we had and so this time we're changing that up we're bringing in a bunch of different food uh vendors and a bunch of different um people to really help like supplement that issue I yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't thought about that. I I know I typically eat before I go out because I don't want to spend money a much, and I want to have like a full full stomach. You know that I, if I want to drink that day, at least I know I already ate and whatnot. But that's mm-hmm. actually a very good point. And something I forgot to mention when it comes to these festivals, yeah, they the each festival has their own food vendors like they have the, like food trucks around typically because it's an outside event so you know have food trucks all around but yeah having having the uh, lots of food for the nets coming up at festivals that you guys do yeah that will yeah definitely that, a big thing yeah i didn't, so I didn't even thought about it one, yeah yeah so for this upcoming one we decided to remove one of our stages that we were using Mm. Um, we were going to, we were originally going to go with three, but for this event, we decided to cut one off and instead of having just a, a stage being there, we're going to implement a bunch of different food vendors. So that portion will be full of different options of food for people, because that was a big issue that we had. Um, and I think just by doing that alone and not trying to go so massive and scaling down a bit, we'll be able to have a more, uh, how, what's what, how to phrase it. We'll have a better a better experience for people. People have a better experience knowing that there's food there. They're, they're able to have all their needs satisfied. And I think that that was the only thing that we really lacked of the previous event just because of scale. And we weren't prepared on our end for the amount of people that we had and the amount of food vendors that we brought in. And this next event is more of a bass oriented event. Mm. So there's not going to be much house music. However, we do have a few house DJs playing on the open deck stage. But yeah, this is more of a bass oriented uh, mm. event. And then our one in April, which is going to be April 22nd, is going to be more of a house-oriented. Same type deal. There's going to be two stages. Um, and that's kind of what we're going for. And there's one that's coming in May, if I'm not correct, right? So we have uh, we have the one in March. We have the one coming up in April. And then we're taking a small hiatus uh, mm. from April to August. And then in August, we're planning on doing Road to Underground Garden, uh, which Underground Garden is our festival. And then uh, Road to Underground Garden is going to be a, a, a test run almost, kind of to say, of utilizing the entire space. So for that event, we're planning on doing uh, four stages. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, we're planning on doing uh, a massive warehouse in the back that can hold around 2,000 people. And then uh, our, our, our event that we had for Underground Garden and utilizing all that space as well. I'm going on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's going <laughs> to will be a movie. That would be for sure. It's yeah. going to be a movie. <laughs> no, no. And that one, that one's, I think that's the one that I'm looking forward the most out of it. That's the one that I'm like, I want in. Uh, give me whatever roles. Like, I want to be the podcaster <laughs> guy, the media guy. I want to DJ. Like, I don't give a shit. I want an in on that one. That's the one I'll be like, all hands on Absolutely. Dick. And you're in on that one. You're on, my dude. You got it. You be the media guy. You can be whatever you want to be. You're on for it. We have a lot of love for you, Wilson. It's recorded. We all hear it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know. I'm one of the first people for that show in August. We still got a few more months, but I'm the first one. There you go. We got it. Gentlemen, the word is, is real. Wilson will be there. True Trust in that. 
Look at that, guys. Wolfson is back, baby. Wolfson is back, baby. <laughs> but yeah, man, like we've been we've been really working towards, you know, building just a better experience. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that with every project that we do, we have improvements. And sometimes even, you know, if it means taking a step back from, you know, stages or whatever else to improve the quality of what we're able to produce, it's 100% worth it. Because our goal is by August to have the big the big opening yeah. of what we're able to do. And then we're going to, we're going to take, we're probably going to take another small break from throwing bigger sized events. We're going to do maybe some local events, some smaller local events, mm-hmm. maybe some beach parties to try to keep, you know, the engagement with our, our local crowd and our local community. And then for underground garden, we plan on doing uh, some, some massive stuff in January. So that's where we're planned out for, for the near future ourselves. That's actually a very smart business strategic way of doing of getting approached to these festivals because if you guys are doing it the right way you're you're playing it safe in a way you know like you just want to make sure you're testing the waters and that things are working the way how it's supposed to work you know and at the same time i'm pretty sure like you don't want to um, hemorrhage on money either like you want to use that money wisely and invest on on bigger, bigger and better things for your own show so you you try to take that at a slow um fat no no not a slow um steady approach in which you give them enough space for people to breathe because yeah, Absolutely. because that that way you say that you know April will be like the like, quote unquote the final one in a sense you know until August you're giving them like a free month period and you're just focusing on smaller scale shows that's uh, that's fine that's actually perfect just keep just make sure that the people that you know that they fuck with these festivals are still interacting with you guys and still want that to come back you know when when august starts school starts everybody's like oh shit this is the tuck of the town you know this fucking road to underground shit like holy fuck let's go you know and that's how we've been viewing it because we want to make sure that the progression is felt and we want to still be able to help out that local community how we've been doing with our smaller shows and we want to keep that interaction going but we want these bigger events to have that type of feeling and mm-hmm. that urgency of knowing that this is like a once in a while type of big event that comes around. Our goal is to eventually turn Underground Garden and what we do there into a quarterly type of show mm-hmm. with the main festival being at the very beginning of the year, as mm-hmm. opposed to being at the end. Because January, beautiful time. If you get the right right dates, perfect yeah. weather. It's just an all-around nice month. So we plan on doing it like that, where we build up throughout the year. And then when the start of the new year comes, you know, have this big, massive thing that, you know, will keep people talking and keep people interested to roll throughout the rest of the year, you know? And another thing I wanted to mention, you guys, is that you have no competition. Yeah. So we've uh, we've been lucky enough that uh, Treehouse is actually uh, hasn't been producing shows. That was the biggest competitor in Miami. And they've currently stopped doing shows on Thursdays. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. plan on doing any weekday shows except for this one for Miami Music Week that we have planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, our events are going to be uh, either on Fridays or Saturdays um, because that's when the community wants to go out and have parties. Right. I've never understood the whole concept of a Thursday night, uh, you know, yeah, I, show. Yeah, I, I never understood that either especially when most of these kids like they either they got school class the next day and they got work the next day is like first in the middle like i would expect that more for 
house people, like at least the adult yeah. people to do that crap, never seen that on base. So it's kind of weird to, for them to do stuff like that. Yeah. And so we've been really lucky that, you know, we, we started doing this on the tail end of the, of the pandemic, right. When everything on the pandemic was kind of uh, settling down and things yeah. starting to regroup. And that's when we, we came back and Miami was super strict for a very long time. And, you know, that really hindered a lot of the community that was down there. And when we, when we did our underground garden, there had not been shows going on for a little bit down there. So the community was hungry for something. Like yeah. That. And we were, we're, you know, we just came in at the right time and we're happy that the community accepted us and they want us down there and they want us to continue to do what we do. Yeah. No, keep it going, guys. Keep it going. Now that you're already in this monster train, like keep it going, you know? One thing is for sure that I will tell you guys when you guys get to that moment that you feel like, you know, underground becomes a big, big event. Just be careful when corporate level festivals come over and say, hey, we want to make you an offer. Just oh, yeah. be careful. We're not, selling out. We're not selling out for shit. I'm sorry. We're, that From both of us, we tell you right now, everybody listening on this podcast, mark my words, because I'll tell you facts. We're not selling out to any fucking company and changing who we are because we are who we are and we're not switching up for anyone. Doesn't matter the amount of money. Doesn't matter any of that. When you have a passion, you have to do it for your passion and yes. you grow your, you know, like this is our baby. This is what we've worked on. This is what we've been building. There's no amount of money that you can offer us to say, okay, this is going to be somebody else's event and we run it. Fuck that. We want to be able to create and curate stuff that is our vision, our plan, and what we want to do. Yes. And we're not selling out for nobody. So I'll let you know that right now on this podcast. That's the team. Good. That's great to hear. Because like, I'll tell you the story because you you probably have seen it before. You know, the story of Forbidden Kingdom. It was supposed to be, you know, South Florida's own base festival. You know, it's supposed to be the big, the big mamba, you know? decision coming over at, at his tour and then you know kills it and have all these nasty bass producers coming over it was hey for the few years it, it was winter going well and it, because they did it on a you know once every year that it, it was amazing and then it then came along insomniac and bought it off and now it's all insomniac it's not even long longer in south florida it's now in orlando, orlando. yeah, yeah. It's actually, it was funny. We, we live in Boca. And so that was literally right. Our like 10 minute drive from where we live. We exactly. Right in the amphitheater area. Yeah, exactly. And that was like our high, well, my highlight of the year. I went to Forbidden Kingdom since the inception of it. Like that's where I found like where, you know, that want to try to make things happen. And, you know, yeah. occur, you know, that was in our backyard. Like that, if that could happen in our backyards, like we thought to ourselves, like we can do this and like, we can make this thing happen. We can, we can create our own event. And then they sold out. Now they're in Orlando. And we're not, and I and I'll tell you this right now, our events are gonna stay in South Florida. Maybe we, you know, one day we'll bounce and we'll, you know, do another event somewhere else. But our plan, if when we throw our festival, it's going to be a South yes. Florida event and a South Florida festival. And we're gonna build that down here because I've said it to you before. The community is down here and they don't get enough love. And there's not enough love for the community yeah. down here. Yeah. 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 And 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 the fact that these guys, God knows reason, God knows why they did sell out. Maybe it is money wise, or many maybe it's because they don't have the manpower that Insomnia can give that manpower. But I feel sometimes I feel when other corporations buy 
other people off, it's because those people have the potential to make, you know, monsters out of it. Like they have the potential to make big level, you know, competition. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to make sure that they get them before they start snatching the market. And exactly. Exactly. And that's, the, and that's the problem with, you know, Insomniac. They own everything. Everything. Yeah. They own fucking everything. And, you know, it's you see a, 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 an event company or a production company that's doing well for themselves. They're, you know, building and there comes Insomniac the next year and they own it. And it's an Insomniac event. And it's not these production companies that have worked so hard to build mm-hmm. a name, build the following, build everything to curate it, you know? And we, we don't plan on doing that. We're, we're, you know, grassroots. We're building this from the, from the floor up, you know, and nothing's going to come and change that for us on our ends. Yeah. Keep it, keep it all South Florida based, you know, like, nah, this is us and we know what we got, you know, and we're just going to do it. You know, you know, we'll see you guys at the other side of the event. You guys are more than welcome to come and enjoy yeah (laughs) absolutely you can come and uh, you can come as a fan and enjoy it but you're not giving me any numbers uh to try to buy us out because that's not happening yeah because that that's the uh, the old saying you know like when you're doing something good if somebody wants to buy off that idea or somebody wants to own that idea you know and that most of the time people are sometimes get blindsided because they actually see you know the money is there but what they don't realize is that when you do give it away, you know, it's not that you're just giving a project of yours, a baby of yours that you worked hard. It's not for, you know, for whatever it's amount of money It's no, it's that fact that you had this monster potential that it could be worth a lot more than what you should, what you just showed, you know, like, like, for example, let's just, let's just say that, you know, a perfect example, fucking GameStop, you know, GameStop has that model of, you know, buying and selling and trading games, right? When you buy a game from GameStop, it costs, uh, you know, a $60. And then you decided, like, I finished the game, like, I want to give this away. So I might as well sell it back to GameStop. GameStop only buys it for, it's like, they'll give you like $30, 20 like 15 cents yeah yeah something ridiculous and you're like what the fuck bro like last week i just spent fucking 60 dollars in this shit you, you're telling me it's worth half the price oh yeah you know because it's used it's like what this, but this last week the fuck is going on it's like all right, all right you know what fuck it just, all right just give me how much 30 all right give me the 30 whatever and then the next day you come come across that same game that you play that you spent Sixty dollars out of it, and you gave it away for thirty. They're selling it for fifty. Exactly. Slightly used. I mean, a perfect example. You know, Google. People try to buy them out in the early stages of their development for you know a hundred thousand or a hundred million. I believe was the offer, the first offer that they ever received. Mm. If you look at them now, they're a billion dollar corporation. Yeah. It's knowing your value, knowing your worth, and knowing what you can bring to the table, you know? And even with artists, I mean, you see with artists, you know, in the industry, there's independents that are out there doing their own thing, you know, starting up their own labels, doing their own things internally and creating it that way. And I, and that's something that the, not many people talk about, knowing the value. And I feel like this is something that is like, that is, they thought about it, but they're too afraid to say about it. You know, like they want to sell the show and it's most of the time it's because like, like, oh man, like I really haven't made it and I need this opportunity. This is going to be the ticket. If I do this, it may be the ticket to, to get where I want to get, you know, and sometimes it might, it might be, that might be a good case, but then a lot of times it's, 
it backfires Absolutely. because you don't know your value. You haven't said vocally what's your value, you know? Can you believe that when I did, you know, our my mini tour with Needy Gritty, shout out to my boy, when I was his driver we t and I took him on all the Florida tour that he had, you believe that, you know, when we went to Gainesville, there was these duel at the time they were called, um, fuck, what was that collab that Needy did with these guys? Uh, they're from Gainesville. Na part native. Part native. Yeah, part yeah. native from Gainesville. These two kids, you know? And they were opening for Needy, but at the time, they were little by little, they were getting there, but they were still locals. They're, they were still Gainesville locals. Believe that the promoter actually paid them off for that show. It's like, yo, here's your money for, for the show. I saw that for the first time. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you sold that many tickets? It's like, nah, we didn't sell any tickets. This is just, uh, they booked us for this. Oh, yeah. shit. That, that shit is not like that in South Florida. And that's actually what we do. We book artists and we pay people, you know, rates that are like, that makes sense. We don't, yeah. we, people shouldn't play for free, you know? I mean, realistically, like, you're an artist. You have the talent. If you're doing this, like, you deserve to be paid for your what you do. You know, just like artists, you know, charge for their paintings. Like these people are artists in a different sense. Yes. You know? Like now they're not painters, but they create an environment. They create everything and they deserve to be paid accordingly. You know, all of our artists on our previous lineups were paid and every artist that we've booked ever since have been paid artists. That's good. Um, that's good. That's the thing that you see as, as well. Like you mentioned, people in this industry don't want to pay people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, literally like, we've worked with people in the past that have told us that they don't want to work with any artists that are going to be paid artists, you know, that they don't want to, they don't want to pay for people. And it's like, that's an insult to not only the artists, but to the, you know, the community in general, you know, yeah. some people deserve to be paid and people deserve to make the money. I with, agree. With I agree. Now there are in, in instances in which it's like, you know what? Sometimes it is good to play for free for a certain time period and for a certain occasions you know for yeah, example absolutely. like 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 it's okay let's say like you want to be pl playing you want to be in the lineup for in the in my case life of color all right what did i have to do to to be in the lineup of life of clutter i had to do like a bunch of hours like i think i they told me like i did like 300 hours of street promo at the time they say that wow. it's like yeah wow Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, we're talking about a time in which I just finished, I just graduated from from my technical school in, in audio engineering. I have nowhere to go. Um, I was jobless. I have nothing else to do. And I figure it's like, let me just do this for a bit. It keeps me entertained and keeps me, you know, busy. And maybe this by doing this for a while, it'll it'll pay it off. Did it paid off because uh, once they show how much I'm committed, how much I'm hungry I am. For, for what I want, um, they gave me free 10 tickets to sell for Life in Color. They gave me a, a slot to open for Yellow Claw on, a, on an event. And they they put me on the lineup for Life in Color. And I was I was right there with everyone else. Lineup Wolfson right there, you know? Absolutely. And even I can say on our, on our end, you know, when we first started off, we didn't have the budget. I mean, realistically, like we started off, you know, out of well, it all started on a whim when we did mm. our first event that we ever did. I mean, fuck, we didn't even have production when we were going into that project. I mean, the first event I ever threw, all I had was a, a table and uh, like some speakers that the bar had that were already pre-installed. 
but you couldn't even use them because they didn't connect to the equipment that we were bringing Yo. in. So like that's so that we were on a different, you know, when we first started, we didn't have the budget to pay people, you know, we're mm-hmm. setting up six, six slots and, you know, already our cost was more, more than what right. we, we could back with the people that we were bringing in. So we had always promised anybody that worked with us in those events that as we grew, we would make sure that they were one getting good slots when the opportunity came for the growth. And just like how, how you said, you know, we see it with these people that come and they supported us in the very beginning when we couldn't even, you know, pay them. Now they're getting paid and now they're playing in front of crowds, yes. real production with top level, you know, visual artists, like shout out to Utah visuals from fractal Alliance. He did our previous event. We also are going to have him out uh, for this March 22nd show, you know, you know, and like, that's how it's, it's been. We just work with these people, you know, if you show face and you know that somebody's growing and they're, they make you the promise that you're going to be like, they're mm-hmm. going to be able to help you out in the long run. And hundred percent, you know, play for them for free. You know, they, people did it for us and they helped us out and now we're returning the favor, you know? And so I understand what you're saying. Like the occasions, there's occasions and there's, situations yeah, that are good. Yeah. For yeah, exactly. Not, not, not saying that guys, like this is like the remedy of how to get all things and, and never stop doing it. Like, no guys, like this is not a remedy. This is a startup. Let's just say, this is like the pre, the pre drop, the pre intro to to get your shit going, you know, because like Absolutely. you it, somehow you need to start somewhere, and sometimes you may start by get, earning no money at all, and it's just your time, your presence became a lot more valuable for for the occasion, and then it paid off, you know, because it gave you results, you know, not. But then again, like. If you see that you're doing this for quite some time and now you're not seeing any growth, like that's where like, all right, step out and start yeah. becoming, start telling people it's like, hey, I know my value. I know how important I, am. I should get yeah. paid. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing. Like now that we've worked with so many people and our people that we've worked with in the past, we want everyone to get paid, you know, and we want to make sure that people are making the money that they deserve. And, you know, artists, you know, deserve deserve to be paid mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of artists down here you know they get opportunities to play and a lot of promoters just won't pay them because they don't see the value in it yeah and you know to those to the artists that are listening to this podcast you know know your value know your worth and yes. you know put a price down and say that that's your price and if they're interested they're gonna if they if a promoter is really truly interested in your music they will pay whatever price that you put down mm-hmm. for them if they're not move on and go to another company because there's many that exist out there and there's going to be yeah. someone that's going to want to book you for what you can, what you can do. Yeah. You know, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. True. I agree. And, and not just only knowing your worth, but demonstrate then that you're also willing to negotiate, you know, about it. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. let's just say that I'm worth $500. Okay. That's my price. Now we can't afford a 500. It's like, I bet that I'm out, but they really want you. And they'll be like, all right, all right, here's the fame. We can offer you 300, you know, 300 and we can and we can give you this, this and this and other stuff. And you'll be like, OK, we can work something now. That's fine. How and and you can leverage that. You can definitely okay. leverage that because then after you can say, OK, how about this? I'll do it for 250. If I do it for 250, that means I have to get booked for another show as well in the next month. And then the next month it'll be 300. I do it 250 now, but next month you have to book me and it has to be 300. And I just need, you know, one or two tickets backstage for 
for my homies or my choreographer or my girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever to, to, to yeah, swing by. Absolutely. And that's the important thing for artists, you know, like as, as people that throw events like ourselves, being able to negotiate as well and finding, you know, that people, there's a lot of people that are in this business that are very shady, as you know, mm-hmm. as, you know mm-hmm. and like I've spoken about. But there's people like ourselves that want to do work with local artists. And sometimes their budgets aren't there to pay everyone, you yeah. know, but they're asking prices. But people, you know, if you can negotiate with us and we can work something out, we'll still get you paid, you know, what you want. You know, even if we're not able to give you everything up front, we can still offer, you know, for ourselves, we'll be like, okay, well, we'll give you tickets. We'll give you X amount of tickets to sell. Those are your income. That's what you make on, mm-hmm. on top of whatever else is we right. pay, you know? So there's ways to supplement that. And as an artist, you know, be open to those type of things, but definitely try to get paid, you know? Yeah. Like, stress that enough, you know? Like, especially down here in this scene, people don't want to pay anybody and like, just just make your money. You deserve that shit. Yeah. You know, you put the hours in these people, and I know you do, you put hours in late nights, early mornings, you, you have, you know, your other job, but you come home and you work on your craft. You deserve to get paid for that shit, you know? I agree. <laughs> I agree. Hey, man, but one day, one day, one day I'll have my podcast, you know, to earn a little bit of income out of it. You know, I just need to get like at least a good a thousand people, thousand followers in YouTube. I think that's the number you get a thousand followers and you will start going with the YouTube partner por- okay, program. Yeah. And that's where you start to see little income um, every time, you know, between ads and other shit. You know, that's where you start to see the money when I see. But I got like 900 way to go, you know, <laughs> but it's happening and it's that it's, slow growth. And that's that continuous yeah. effort and that stride, you know what I mean? And that's where it comes. Consistency. And, event, and people that do follow you from the beginning, they're going to continue to follow you no matter what, because they know that you're working hard. I mean, hey, we're celebrating the hundredth episode right now. Yeah, let's go. Fuck. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Dude, like who would have thought that I actually will make it to the 100th episode, you know, like two years later, boom, we're, we're here on the 100th episodes. I never thought I would have gone this far, you know, and dude, to be honest, like I'm I'm much more motivated than when I was when I started it. And I'm and I'm much more um oriented and goal driven. That's the word goal driven, because now I know I, I, I have a clear path to I, what I really want with this podcast and where I want to take this podcast to the next level and and so on so on and i know for sure that whatever doors were never open with me when i was a producer and artist back then i know the doors will open when i with this podcast because i'm putting all my energy on it and i'm making sure that this podcast happens to be one of the best podcasts out there in the edm industry you know and then keeping and 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 for giving people like us a shot yes being like you know open to having us on here you know this was our when we did your podcast, it was the first ever podcast that we had ever done. And we just want to say thank you from like the bottom of our hearts for giving us a platform to talk. Seriously. And shout out to every, every single artist that you put on, you know, on your yeah. podcast, giving them an opportunity, you know, because, and I've said this to him before, it's a Nardwar quote from Nardwar, the, the serviette guy who goes in there and he's all, yeah. you know, the guy with these people. Yeah. He has, he had a TED talk and he says, you never know where people are going to go in life. So it doesn't matter. He was saying about interviewing, like you don't, it doesn't matter who you interview because you never know where they're going to go and how important or vital it will be for you in the long term. Cause you've built relationships with tons of artists. We've seen it ourselves. We follow you. We're, we're subscribed to the account. Yeah. We watch 
And you've done some amazing artists that are, you know, have been slowly building up their following and they're, and they're growing and, and expanding. And I promise you, they're going to come back on this podcast and still show support because you were the one who gave them an opportunity to speak. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, just taking this step one, one step at a time. It's just you took the words out of my mouth. You know, it's like giving a voice for those who don't have one, you know, giving the platform for them to actually do something, you know, and get their exposure out there because that's my whole intent. Just give give the voice to little little ones or even the bigger guys, you know, but even so, sometimes the bigger guys need some love, you know, not, not many times these established artists get that same love that I give them, you know, and I'm lots of love. Yeah, lots of love, man. And I'm so honored and happy that I'm able to even speak to bigger artists that you guys are going to see in the upcoming, you know, episodes. Like by May, by May, you're going to see at least two big major artists that I've interviewed, you know, and you'll be like, wow, like this guy's now going out. Because like, I never thought that these guys would ever say yeah to me. But when they say yeah and we sit down, I tell you, it's like one of the best conversations I have because they because these guys, these guys know what the struggles are. I mean, they're already established, but they they're still living that struggle and they still encourage people like, yo, this is what's happening, you know, and this is what I do, you know, and there's and I feel like these guys don't get hurt that often because people don't really want to listen to it. So like when they come over and talk about their experience here. It brought me so much joy because I feel like, thank God I'm not the only one here that thinks the same way. Thank God that these guys are like minded and they and they're in it for the community and they and they talk about it. They they tell you all their hardships, you know, and people need to hear that because not this industry is not all black and white. Like, no, there's lots of grayness. There's a lot of bill of color and nobody talks about this. Literally, yeah. nobody talks about this. It's like we have to hear these, you know, if we're close with some of these guys, you know, we had to hear this in common personal. There's there isn't like a record in which they publicly spoke about this in some platform and they talk about this. No, most of the time when they do these podcast interviews that I do, like from from other you know companies or competitors or whatnot, you know, most of the time it's just a Q&A. Like yeah. it's question, answer, question, answer, question, answers. Like they, sure, there may be some sort of a level of, of engagement to get to certain questions, but I actually go through the deep cut questions, the questions that hardly anybody asks because they're too afraid Absolutely. to ask, you know, and I go by it. But the way I go by it is that I want to make sure that you're comfortable enough to talk about it with me. And we can discuss the issue and figure out ways how to solve the issue, you know, and pave the way for the next gen, you know, because obviously I, we got we're right now in a certain generation. Like there's always going to be new gen, no matter what. There's always going to be another Tiesto. There's always going to be another Mark Garris. There's always going to be a, another Skrillex. There's always going to be another any of the bottom dwellers out there. You know, there's, there's always going to be another one. Obviously, we got the OGs, OGs, but there's always going to be a next gen every time. And we need to show these guys what this world's all about and how you can make a difference out of it. Mm -hmm. and, and how you can change things. 
I mean, that's it's the truth. What you're doing is is you know changing the industry, changing the game, giving people insight on what's real, you know, and so they they know what the industry is really about. Yeah, because the industry is very behind closed doors. A lot of things are behind closed doors. Nobody really sees what really goes on. Yeah, a lot of great area, like you said. Yeah, I mean, like, how many times have you ever heard, you know, that, you know, a record label doesn't really give a shit about the artists because they only care about numbers, the viewership, the the following, you know? How many times have we heard that story? Nobody believes me. But then when they, when when I interview these guys and they tell you their side of the story, they'll be like, oh, shit. Really? Labels are like that? It's like, not all labels, but you can pretty much guess a lot of the big labels and the majority of them are. I mean, Absolutely. Like how many times have I tell people don't send demos to labels? Like let the labels look at you. People look at me like, like I'm fucking crazy when I say this. Like why? Like this is the this is the the way to get noticed. Is like it might be a way, but it's not the only way. Absolutely, there's multiple ways. You know, there's multiple ways to get the labels' attention. And and if you want to think about it, independent artists are well fed off much more better than being signed to a label. Yeah. Sure. You want, if you want to release a song on a, on a specific label, there's no harm about it. Go for it. I still want to release a song on, on fucking disciple and monster cat. Those are like my only two labels that I, I, I yearn to and get, I want to get to it. You know, one of these days, whenever I feel like it, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let that. Those are going to be my main goals. Like I got like once I did it, like I made it like, no, like you should be already popping without the help of the labels because labels, all they do is just basically give you the the marketing tools to promote your music. But what if you already know those marketing tools to promote your music and all you need is a little bit of investment? People can you can do it. I mean, there's a lot of independent artists out there and you can do it on your own. You just got to. You got to know how to maneuver it and how to really make yourself elevate to that next level. But putting in the work at the end of the day, will start bringing in those people. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're producing music and your music is good, I mean, we're at an age and time where you can find music everywhere. You can find artists yeah. on almost all platforms and you people blow up from online platforms. I mean, overnight, overnight, you know, and then they're getting booked for big festivals and here and that, and they're still independent, you know, I mean, we booked out. Uh, we booked out Miso for our previous event, and he's an independent. Uh, he has his own label, uh, Spicy Boys, and we and we booked him out. And he's doing it all independent, you know. And uh, you know, there's people that can. You can do it on your own. You just need to be able to produce, you know, that music and make it so that the people really enjoy it and really like it. And there's a possibilities. Possibilities are endless. Yeah, it's a lot of ways to skin a cat. There are multiple ways to get inside this industry. You know, there's there isn't one blueprint to get in like there can be a blueprint but if you find ever a blueprint to to how to do it have it as a reference have it as a like i can deal with this or i can take some of that in this and apply it to you but don't make it as your main blueprint to do your thing because the way jay-z made it to the top may not work the same way to you he had his yeah. own way he did it his own way and in a certain way. And he can give you the blueprints exactly how he did it from the start to the beginning with all the information about it. It may not work on you. Absolutely. Everybody has their own path and you got to figure out the way to make your own path happen. 
Yeah. It's not, it's not, nothing's written out. Even if they write a book on the exact ways to do anything, you're going to find your struggles and your hardships and your own things that you go through personally in your journey. And, you know, it's nothing's ever written out. I agree. I agree. Now, you say that you guys are now planning these festivals that are happening right now in March and then happening on April. In April, you say that it's going to be more of a house approach, correct? Yes. So for the April show, we're planning on doing uh, house artists for that one, house and techno um, and incorporating that. We really like for our projects that we've been working on, we've been really wanting to bring in both sides of the community, you mm -hmm. know, techno and house, you know. There, that's one side of the EDM genre. And then you have, you know, dubstep experimental on the other side, you know, rhythm on that other side. And you see, you know, down here, especially like events that you go to down here, you don't see that multi-genre. You don't see that mixture of both clashes together. It's either one genre or, you know, you don't see two, two different types of genres playing at once. You know, we want to really just, we want to build that up and make it so that people know that we're not just one company that does one thing we can do. We can put the spectrum out there. We want to be able to have multiple stages with different styles of music that can cater to everybody, but cater to the underground, cater to those people that, you know, really support the scene. That's the goal. That's the goal, man. That's the goal. And how's it going when it comes to, you know, bookings, you know? Um, so bookings, you know, it's been, you know, interesting, uh, you know, talking with uh, managements on a lot of things. Our original, uh, original show for this March We had a couple different artists that we were planning on bringing down, but mm. due to uh, insomniac clauses, we were uh, unable to do a lot of bookings. No. <laughs> yeah, because it's during the same time as FK and they have a 120 day, 120 day uh, clause that they can't play within 300 miles of the venue. Like to me, that's insane. Like literally contracts that say that. And just blows my mind. Like, that's how big they are. Like, sharks. They're literally sharks. Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. For the March, they say that you have 120 days of not previously performed in 100-something miles away? So we've had FK clauses, like, within a couple artists that we have talked to that they are not allowed to play due to their FK clauses. So we've had trouble doing some bookings because, you know, they, they're, they're not, they What? can't do it. So. And that just abolishes anybody from being able to throw like an after party unless it's an insomniac or even, even in 120 days. Um, 120 days before the event? So and I'm pretty sure after so too. It's, like, it's I crazy. believe it's 120 days from the moment that they signed the contract for FK. Um, as soon as they sign the contract from that, that moment moving forward, it's a 120 day gap that they're not allowed to play um, within a certain uh, mile, mile radius. And so that's what they we've been uh, we've been forced with with our yeah. hands. On that one. And it just so happens that Miami is in that radius and you're looking at Miami and Orlando. Like that's a long distance to have. Dude, that isn't that I thought I thought that radius is like almost 200 miles. Yeah, it, it it's literally insane. Like, yeah, that's that, it's crazy. <laughs> they they and the thing is too, if you plan on doing it, and this is something you know, for people doing events that are on this podcast, be very careful with throwing after parties for any of these people because they will blacklist any of your artists that you have on your after parties, and they have sent Yo. out messages. We have heard from other companies that do this that they do send out letters like a cease and desist letters for after unofficial after parties right. and they'll blacklist all the artists that perform for those after parties. So for those that are doing these unofficial ones for these big festivals, be careful. 
Yeah, they're they're fucking sharks, they're man. Sharks. They're fucking sharks. Like, it's just it blows my mind. It's like you're that big, but you're worried about people using your artists like that. Like, and I get it. Like, I, actually, I don't get it, but it's yeah, it's I can't even like that's, reason that's. It. It's funny because like I've heard stories about that. Most of the time it's like a 90 day or 60 day clause. I've heard stories. I never knew that was like actually legit, which it kind of makes sense now with the whole um, Ultra and Sunset Music Festival debacle because Ultra had Skrillets and Sunset Music Festival had to book Jack Jew. Couldn't have Skrillets and Jack Jew. I mean, they cannot have Skrillets in Sunset if it's under Skrillets. It was all, yeah. it has to be Skrillets, you know, which I thought that was just a wild theory when it comes to these big artists, you know, like, oh yeah, like, you know, if you book Skrillets for this festival, he cannot play in this festival. And yeah, if you so book him for real, man, those fucking clauses, they're, they're legit. But that's stupid. That's like, that's literally taking away um, the artist's money because yeah. now it limits the artist to be booked anywhere else. Like, oh, no, it can only be booked for here. So just like, what? Crazy. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. And that's what happens when you get bought out by Insomniac. And that's what happens. <laughs> like, you know, like. Yeah. And so the cease and desist letters, we were told by a few different people that that's like an actual, like legit thing. Like you'll get blackmailed from them and they'll send you over information saying that like, like not to throw events during their, during their Fuck event time. Hey. But, but that's wild, too, because, like, what about the m hundreds of after parties that happened during EDC? There's, bro, you're yeah. not going to go ahead and tell me that there, there's no unofficial after parties. And some of these artists that play in these unofficial are in the lineup. Like, and you're not going to tell anything. They, they still oh, do it. So, so with some of these artists that do it, like we were originally at one point, I believe, uh, during FK last year, mm. we were planning on doing an an unofficial after party and a lot of artists have told us that we're not allowed to post their names about them coming we had two different artists tell us this when we were trying to do the bookings that we weren't allowed to release their name on any flyers for the unofficial after party until the event had started and then had put them on as a surprise guest for the event yo yeah so there's like i guess that's like their loophole i'm trying to get away with it having them come out as like a surprise guest for mm. it but that's something that we faced when we were trying to do an unofficial after party uh last year and insomniac's literally buying clubs for this reason to be able to host their after parties like oh. i believe they bought vanguard in orlando yeah i've heard of vanguard yeah, so they bought that uh, club, or it's pretty much a club, and they turned it into a venue that after Forbidden or after EDC, they have, uh, I saw, I think Subtronics was just out there on his Fractal tour, um, but I personally saw like Midnight Tea and um, there was another show. But yeah, like they're literally buying clubs for that purpose of throwing their own events after their main event. Which is a brilliant like business idea, but it just it kind of separates the local event planners such as us, and it kind of kicks us off to the side. Um, they're literally just whales at this point. Jesus Christ! Like that's insane even to think about that. Yeah, yeah. So like, they they really want to just control every local market and make sure that anybody that's out here trying to do 
you know, their passions aren't able to do their passions. And if they do make it successfully on their own, they come to buy them out because they know that their their presence is a threat. So uh, example for Red Kingdom, it was exactly. def it was definitely gonna be a a, pres a a menacing presence for these guys. You know, only what was the other one that Disco Donny does? Uh, what about the like uh, Uba Dub Festival? Uh, uh, LBW. LBW, yeah, yeah, that's in Texas, right outside of Dallas. Disco, no, I know, I've heard that Disco Donny was trying to 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 do that same festival in Florida. Oh, really? As, oh. That's that's what the rumor mail says, you know, that he's trying to do that, but he can't because conflicts with fucking Insomnia because Insomnia bought a Forbidden Kingdom. Disco Dining can't do that because obviously Disco Dining's festival is Sunset Music Festival as in Tampa. And yeah. he was and he was planning to do that in Central Florida. So everybody in Florida can can go about it. Yeah. So they're they they really have the industry by the balls. You know what I mean? Like they really control <laughs> everything that goes on and they really you know hurt people like us like us all us smaller promoters that are trying to make big things they they really do put like a damp on like what we try to do especially with the artists that they built for sure god damn bro i'm sorry that you guys are going through that shit but you know like this 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 is actually pretty good to know you know because i because I, i like i said i've heard stories about this i just never knew it's actually really true that this type of shit really happens you know Yeah, I mean, I was in awe when I saw that when we got sent over that contract, like I was in awe reading what Insomniac, uh, the restrictions on the artists that we wanted to pay. Right. They literally like that. They just they're like, look, look, I can't I can't play for you guys. And here's why. And then they literally sent us like the form. And it was like, I was in shock. I don't know about you. Chris, and and it's the thing. If they if they break that contract, they're off the line. They're literally black. They're like, blacklisted. Like so they'll never get booked again by Insomniac. Like, and you know, crazy. for most of these artists, you don't want to take the risk because they're the they're the main people on top. So yeah. you can't do anything about it. It's and just yeah. a guess and keep your head down and keep moving. Which and I don't blame the artists at all. Yeah, you know, right. We, you know, we don't take anything on the artists. You know, we understand the, you know the business side of it. We understand how, how this shit's supposed to work. But you know, it is definitely ridiculous though. And the artists wanted to play for us too. Like really, more, yeah. They were like more than happy. They were like, very excited to try yeah. to get it through. And they told them no. They said, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And have you tried to reach these guys again to say like, yo, can, are you guys up for, for the one in, you guys are planning to on so, August to get, to get that, that like secure. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing with a lot of the artists that we've talked to that have these problems with the radius clause. Um, So we have talked, we have talked to them about doing something in August and a lot of them are down and they wanted, they want to move forward with our August show. So that's why we've, we've decided, you know, that's why we're taking such long breaks in between these massive mm -hmm. shows to try to make sure that everything is, you know, in line because you need time to plan these things. You, yeah. can't, rush, you can't rush a project and think that you can do it in, a, in under a month and try to have something at, at, at any type of scale with these type of artists and the booking and the managers and everything else that goes on the back end, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, th this is, this definitely takes time and a lot of back and forths, you know? There's going to be a lot of back and forths, especially when it comes to these bookings and want to make sure that when you do book the or, uh, the artist, you can actually get the artist with everything and not get like halfway or say like, now nah, we can't because of this, you know, and not be bl blacklisted or, you know, have those damn claws around with other works for them you know like 
it, it, it's it, like you see your own email line and you got like 20 email threads within that one email span, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of back and forth conversations, you know, just to make sure that you can even get them down here, you know, just to be able to perform. So that's definitely like a thing that that's definitely real. You got if you're doing shows, have fucking time to make the effort to communicate because communication is definitely key because you don't want to one blacklist yourself or blacklist an artist and you want to make sure that everything is smooth sailing when it comes to at least your line. If you want to know that that shit's secure. Yeah. Damn, bro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 again, like, ladies and gentlemen, this is how the industry really works, you know. Like, when it comes to the bees booking stuff, like, you guys, you, people really honestly believe that believe that booking is that easily. Like, no, bro. Like, I've only seen one side of the bookings in which money is involved. That's how they get their slot, and then I've seen the other side as well, in which, like, oh no. You need to book this person a year in advance just to get him your on your slot, you know? Yeah. And and now listening to this is just like more 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 confirmed theories that I, that I was speculating and now they're actually true. And it's no longer Wolfson is a tin man and he's a crazy dude that's talking, you know, who has come out of you, my friend. You speak the truth. The things that you tell your your guests and you tell your audience they really do happen in the industry. This industry is not as peachy as it seems. Behind all the LED lights, there's a lot of darkness. Oh, yeah. That's what they call it, the behind the scenes, guys. You know, when when I say like I'm behind the scenes, I know some of these stuff. It's because I see it at first hand. Maybe not directly to me, but indirectly to me. And I was just like, whoa, what the fuck? How is this shit? And then coming, hearing it from you guys who are festival runners. And tell it and tell it from your experience. It's, it's like it should be an eye opener for a lot of a lot of people who listen to this. They should be fair, fairly be fully aware about these type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You got to you, you. They have to. People need to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one's going to say it. But, you know, people like you come out and you guys are out here trying to expose the truth. And that's the most important thing. The truth will always come out one way or another. It just takes the right person to have the balls to do it. I agree. I have the balls for it because like, who's going to fucking cancel me? (laughs) Okay. What are you trying to do? Take me down with my hundred followers? Okay, cool. I still (laughs) got a bunch of more that I can do another one. If you do try to, then I'll do it again and then again and again and again. And I won't stop. You can't fucking cancel me just because like your butt hurt that I'm talking about some of your experiences and some of the ugliness that that comes out of it, you know? Like if I tell you some of the ugly truths from from certain artists, you'll be shocked and all about it all about you know. Yeah. Like one of the wildest stories that I I so repeat this so much in in a previous episode with different artists that I've interviewed, but I ha- I have to put it out there because it does happen, you know. They pay their way to fame. These guys are like. The biggest fake people in the whole goddamn world. They put so much little effort to their success, to their careers, and they screw people over when they already made it to the top. If you consider where they are the top, you know, because I, to me, I like I barely hear them. Like, I don't see them in Florida overall. But yeah, they li- like they started off with, you know, getting ghost produced by certain people that I know. That are established. They're out there. 
they're getting ghost produced by them because originally their music wasn't going anywhere. And then, you know, managers paying in a stack lot of money to put them on, on lineup. But then that's not real. That's not real growth. You know what I mean? Like you can get certain types of fandom from it. Yeah, of course you get some fans from that, but then you don't have the people that are like going to ride for you. You know what I mean? Those people that are going to come and really try to support you for your music. Like you haven't built that, you know, it's fake. It's all fake. Yeah. That's just like quick success, but you've even said it yourself. You haven't seen them in Florida. You haven't seen them doing things and you know, that's, that's what happens. It's everything. Yeah. There's a cause and effect to everything. Yeah. Like, yeah your, your effect, your, you know, your effect for your cause was you had that short, you know, success you did, you know, you played shows, you're doing this, but then when push comes to solve, where's your fans? Where's that following? Where's that true people that are going to go to each and every single one of your shows when you have a show, if you pay for it, you know, you don't really deserve it. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a very long time. That's it's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've heard. That's true. That it's what I'm saying, you know, like, and, and it's so sad to hear that type of stuff, but it does happen. And I need to put it out there. You know, and like, I don't care if they come after me and say, it's like, oh, you're doing defamation. It's not really defamation. If it's true, that's first of all, second of all, um, it's it's I'm protected under my freedom of speech. I'm not really uh, attacking you guys directly. I'm just saying what I've heard based on actual people and me saying it firsthand. You know, so you can't just go ahead and do a season deceased to on every 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 fucking episode that I say that you guys are a bunch of frauds. Yeah, it's my personal opinion though. I can talk about my personal opinion, and I have no, I haven't done anything to attack you directly. Well, when I talk up shit about you, that's indirectly attacking you guys. But, <laughs> but, but if you guys are feel so ashamed about this, maybe you should have done it in the, in the first place. You know, you're, you're ashamed. Always, there's a reason. There's a reasoning. Like if you ever get like a season desist or a certain fan speak, always take a take it with a grain of salt and look at it in a way. It's like, why are you trying to shut me down? You know, maybe it's conspiracy theory wolves and talking and say, like, I'm trying to get the truth out of here. Maybe because some of the truth, it might Absolutely. be. But then again, this is my opinion. You know, you can't go ahead and sue me for my opinion. This is just me talking, you know, nonsense. And if you want to label me as this crazy dude that's talking shit, like, go ahead and talk. Like, I have people say, fuck Wilson, fuck this end guy before yeah of course <laughs> fuck them bro i give them the middle figure and then like that I, and i talk about it in here in the podcast you know that <laughs> hey that that shit doesn't bother me man at this point you know i just laugh about it just like whatever dude like seriously like you're ashamed that somebody tell about this like who told you to do it exactly yeah. and you it, made the choices and, and if that's the case, then you will have to shut down on every other platform and every other journalist out there who comes out with these type of stories as well. Are you going to throw a season to sit to every fucking blog out there to telling them you can't talk shit about these certain artists? That's And you know what? That just creates worse problems. You know what yeah. I mean? That creates way more fucking issues. Because then people believe that you start really realizing the truth, you know? If people are trying to cease and desist you for the things that you speak, that means you're telling them the truth, you know, and they're just scared of the repercussions of the truth. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's going to be a, a uphill battle that they will end up losing at that point, you know? Yeah. And from our end of the thing, like even with our future events that we plan on throwing and everything else, like we're not, we're not going to put people on our lineups that are going to be getting paid, like that are paying to try to play. Like that's bullshit. You can't pay to play. You can't, you can't pay to play. Nah, like, that's have you, have you actually did experience some of that in the festivals that you are, that you conducted and you're conducting right now? Um, we've had, you know, we've had people like that want to be a part of this, these upcoming shows. And they have said that they want to throw, they throw money to be on a slot. But at the end of the day, I mean, like that doesn't matter to us. Like that's mm. not our, that's not what are, what's prioritized within our, our brand and within our events. Like, right. like before it's about being, you know, passionate and having that drive and actually producing and creating and doing all those things. I mean, we give shots to people that, you know, like I said before, that don't have a massive following or don't have, you know, you know, don't have that like influence on social media. However, they produce and they do their things. And it doesn't matter if they have the money to put down, you know, a thousand dollars to get a slot. We're not going to do that because they don't deserve it. Yeah. It's to those that deserve to be on those lineups, deserve to have their face out there in public and deserve to yes. have the opportunity to play, you know? And on the other side of that, there have been DJs who have offered to play, but for the right re or like like to pay to play, but for the right reasons mm. because they're extremely passionate about it, and they just won't, they just I mean they'll take any opportunity to get on a lineup, not necessarily because they want to uh, like get clout or they think it's going to blow them up. But they genuinely want to play because no one else will let them play, and then mm. so they offer us money. We're like no no no, like we'll pay you, and then like they're like. They're like, oh my goodness, like, like, damn, I've never gotten paid for a gig. And we're like, yeah, like you don't have to pay us. Like you're like the talent is in your yeah. music, you know, and they, they want to pay us for the right reasons. And we recognize that rather That's than someone, well, yeah. rather than someone trying to pay their way to the top. They're just desperate to play and their talent's there. Right. You know, and that's, so there's two ends of that, that spectrum yeah. that exists. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, and, there's nothing wrong think, about that. You know, as long as you see the, the, the good intentions behind it, you know, that's yeah. fine. And that's fine because I guess I get, I get what some of these kids who are trying to do, like, you know, they just want to be part of something and, you know, they'll do, they'll pay to play. And when they offer that to them, it's like, music to their ears it's like oh my god really i don't have to spend money to be on this you definitely give me a shot oh my god okay yeah yeah let's yeah. do it that that's gotta be rewarding fulfilling for these guys even including for yourselves you know yeah. and for us too i mean to give someone that opportunity that no one else is really giving them is just very heartwarming and it's it's a it's one thing one of the many things i love about what we're doing mm -hmm. Giving people opportunities, man. People don't like want to be heard. They want to be, you know, they want to be out there. I mean, even for like, for example, our vendors, you know, we have some people, uh, for example, uh, Peace, Love and Apathy is the name of his company. He's a painter. He uh, paints live art, uh, resin layer. What is it? The um, sesame seed oil. He basically makes paintings that look like cells. They oh, look like plant cells. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, he does it live. Very, very, very cool kid. Um, so we do have normally we have a vendor fee. Uh, for for any of our vendors and live artists that want to participate, we don't charge ex like crazy numbers or anything. You know, we do it very, you know, based on just the reality of what the events are. Mm. Um, but for example, for like this kid, never had done it in his life, had always had this passion of art, which shows his Instagram of his home paintings. And you know, we gave him the opportunity to come out and you know to live paint in front of people, and now 
you know, because of the opportunity that we were able to give him for that, for the underground garden event. Now he's going out and doing other shows and getting involved in other projects where he's able to do his, his art. And he has more, he's now confident in what he's doing and he, he got that out of him. So, and he's even, you know, he told us, you know, personally on a personal note, he was thanking us up and down for even giving him the opportunity to break that ice and be able to yeah. do what he loves, you know, and that's the best rewarding feeling on our end, just being able to give those people, you know, that opportunity to, to get into their passions or expand their passions farther, you know? And I remember booking him. I remember talking to him and he was like, man, like, like, I don't really want, like, it was a couple of days before and he's like, man, I, like, I'm not comfortable. Like, I'm not confident in my work. I'm like, dude, I've seen your work. Like, you need to come to this event mm -hmm. and just, if anything, just have a good time. Yeah. And he ended up selling out all of his paintings Yo. that night at Underground Garden. And then from there on, like, it's just been amazing to watch his growth. He's been reaching out to different companies and vending at like markets and other events. And I mean, like we just literally sparked a match and um, sparked a flame and he blew up. That's sick. You know, you guys helped somebody out. You know, you catapult somebody from there, man. I love Shout hearing these stories, man. Shout out to him. Yeah. So it's all about, dude, that's what it comes down to. We want to, we want to see people succeed. And like, the best thing is knowing that we're doing success, we're doing success and they're able to have success from yes. what we're able to do Yes, and introduce people to a whole new side of things. And bringing the confidence in for them. Also, yes. shout out to my cat Squish. Yo, <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to get involved. <laughs> I did, but but it's a good thing that you guys brought it up because I did. I forgot to ask you guys about the whole vendor aspect. You know that you guys brought into the into the festival that that I went to. You know, like it, it was pretty cool and. Did any of the vendors, you know, give you any any feedback of sorts, whether it's positive or negative about it? Absolutely. So we actually had a 99% uh, positive rate. Okay. Um, we send out like um, basically, um, what do you call it? So for every single one of our events that we've done up uh, leading up from that event, we send out a forum. Mm -hmm. That basically goes over uh, any type of questions that they want to ask us or anything that they thought was negative. So we'll ask you like a survey almost a survey. of what type of uh, what type of response that you felt from the event, mm -hmm. how you felt the crowd was, what we could we improve on, how can we make ourselves better, and what are the points that we lacked on that would have been beneficial to uh, to change or improve for upcoming events. And you know, it's all trial and error, and people understand that. And with our vendors. And especially like with us, how we like to take care of it. We want to make sure that they know that they're, you know, valued and that they're important because yes. they are. They they're very important to one, they create an environment. You want to you want to support these small local businesses. All these people, you know, they take time out of their day. They put the effort to build these stores mm -hmm. and get these products. A lot of some of these people are making stuff by hand. You know, they're not doing just resells, they're building things, they're creating things, and they're working on this, you know. And we want to make sure that they have value because they create they create this environment. When you go to an event, you see it at these big festivals. They have these merch areas with a bunch of local vendors that are selling whatever they're selling. And it creates this type of energy in this environment that you feel more comfortable and you feel like you're supporting these people that are really chasing after their dreams, you know, of having whatever type of store that they envision themselves having, you know? So we, we've, we've done a lot of work in that aspect to try to make sure that they're comfortable moving in. I mean, the one negative that we had of going into Underground Garden is we overestimated the amount of people that we could have in one specific area, which was inside. Mm. Um, 
So we normally do tierings of our vendors positioning. Um, so for example, if you are a vendor that wants to, uh, to be indoors, we charge, uh, what, what is it, like $70, I believe? Uh, yes, $70, AC and power. AC and power included. And then we have uh, outdoor, which we do for 50 So we overestimated the amount of tables that we could logistically fit in that one space for the indoors. Mm-hmm. And then we had to move people outdoors to the outside, even though they had paid for indoors. Got but with that being said, we do try to work around those type of problems and make sure that you still feel comfortable and content getting moved. Because I know for a lot of people, that's, that type of transition is really irritating, but we want to make sure that they don't come out of it feeling disrespected and or cheated. Off. And it, yeah. did, it did work out great. We ended up refunding them the difference. And okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. And then they actually enjoyed it better because it was almost perfect weather and there was a vibe outside as well so a lot of yeah a lot more people than we uh anticipated were hanging out outside and kind of um buying stuff outside and i think every single vendor made a profit i'm almost certain of it um and it's really cool with our community is they enjoy supporting local like local businesses and um that's what really kind of separates us from different events. Yeah. Um, I know Chris mentioned how at uh, like festivals, there's a lot of local businesses that are there. And, um, but sometimes there's not, sometimes there is like commercialized vendors that are there. Um, but we strictly uh, small local businesses only. Yeah. We reach out to them, you know, through different platforms. Like we'll reach out to them through Facebook or Instagram. Um, and we get them through those type of outlets. And a lot of these people, you know, they'll do like small markets where they're vending. And then we go up to them and we offer them, you know, the opportunity to start doing events. And it's been a, like a beautiful thing to see these vendors start off with us and then transition over to other events and doing more, you know, to improve their store and get themselves out publicly to people. So it's been a, a beautiful like uh, joint commu- like um, like a joint effort, basically. And even the other way around, some of these vendors will come from farmers markets and then come to an EDM event, mm. like the type of culture that we have. And they'll be like, "Wow, like this is awesome!" And they've never been to like a dubstep event or an EDM event, and they just fall in love. And they're like, "Please help us back!" And then we have like resident vendors. Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. That's actually pretty cool to hear, man. That's pretty cool because I did, I did notice like that. Damn, like the amount of vendors that were in that festival that I participated, it was just like wow. I was just like wow. All right, even when I talked to 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 you, man, like I, I was just like wow. This is fucking amazing. Like this is actually pretty cool what everybody was doing, you know. And even our boy, um, Alec, you know, from Dovai, shout out to him. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was doing his thing, man, and. I'm happy to hear that every every one of these vendors actually got their you know their time and money from it. Like they invested on it with you guys, and they they made a profit out of it. So I'm happy to hear that everybody at the end of the day got uh, got to go home and eat. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that, that's the thing with us. We want to make sure that people are happy and content. You know, like at the end of the day, business. The only way to have good business is to make sure that everyone walks away. That's, you know, I want to make sure that that culture exists where you want to come back. Yeah. Continue to be part of what we do. That's good. That's good. Like I could tell from you guys that you guys got an excellent, you know, customer service, you know, that you guys want to make sure that you, that everybody's happy and well, you know, and that, you know, want 
that you make sure that you guys are feeling well because you definitely made sure everybody felt welcome and like I felt welcome like when you guys greeted me you know, and into the and you sh showed me all the places I felt welcome I was like wow this is actually cool you know like I can't wait for this next thing that they're coming up you know and that's uh, that's very generous from you guys you know and you know it's and, and it's amazing because not because I'm, te I'm telling you guys not everybody does this you know not everybody does this and most of the time the level of status that you guys are you know when you run out these shows most of the time you guys are in the green people like you that are in that level usually are in the green room chilling with the artists or doing some other shit or just chilling in the bar now you guys were there you were in the front lines just like everyone else you work your ass up you say hello to everybody you welcome everybody. You tell them whatever you need. I'm here. Just hit me up and let me know that you guys went above and beyond, you know? Thank you. And, and that that definitely demonstrates your character and what Absolutely. you're trying to build in this industry, you know? And because of that, that's what's going to attract more people to come over to your things, you know? Because it just shows you, like, how legit you are. Because... I, it's very hard. It's very hard, especially in South Florida, when everything is all about fake it till you make it, you know, and you see a lot of fake people, you know, and you, and sometimes you are scared to deal with these people or deal with anybody because you don't know their intentions. You don't know if these guys are full of shit or they're, and they're fake or, you know, their intentions are good. You know, it's very hard to see that, especially nowadays, you know, and you guys demonstrate like, nah, nah, B, we're here. We're here to help. We're here to, uh, you know, work together and let's let's make it happen. Let's do some shit, you know. And that's been the plan since the very beginning of like our creation of, of this idea and this projects that we've been working on. We want to make sure that, you know, we do it the right way. And there's a right way and a wrong way. And there's money hungry people and people that do it for the community. And we just believe that there's this there's this line that you can walk on where you can accomplish both things. Be able to have a community that you support, that knows that you're there, that knows that, that know that you care, and still ensure that you make money and make sure that you, you guys you're walking away profitable. At the end of the day, you know, we are a business and we need to, you know, survive, but we yeah. want to make sure that everything in place is there so that everybody walks away happy and make sure that everyone is content. Because you don't want to have somebody come in and be a vendor and they're fucking upset with you and now they're blasting yeah. you over and everyone's fucking blasting you over some shit. You know, we're here to try to improve. We're here to try to make better and better outcomes for every single thing that we do. And maybe ask you, did you guys got, you know, received any like new potential businesses because of that besides, you know, the venue itself? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, after that event, um, there was a lot of companies who wanted to do work with us. Mm. And, um, pretty much we just showcased what we were capable of with four man team. And um, we got offered a few sponsorships. Um, okay. There were a lot of companies that wanted to just be a part of our next event. Um, like we said before, we're not going to sell out. We're only going to do it if it makes sense and we see their intentions mm -hmm. and if they're actually genuine and um, respectable. You know, it's definitely something we're always interested in. But yes, we got a lot more attention from that event. Yeah, and and from what he was saying with sponsorships and people that really want to just be a part of what we're doing and grow with us as well. We've had a lot of people, you know, 
come and, and try and start talking to us that we've never, you know, had contact with or wouldn't even give us the time of day when we first started yeah. that are now coming around and saying, Hey, like we want to do work. We want to get involved. We're down to be part of your team. Like, let's go. We actually started, I believe before that event, our promoter list was 10 people. We had 10 promoters. Uh, now I'm glad to say that we're, we're on track to have 70 promoters. Um, Yo, let's go. Big, so big, big things have uh, come from uh, just doing these shows. Yo, exactly. yo, we're back. We're back. Oh, we're back. I can see you guys. All right, we're back. Let's go. All right, all right. <laughs> we're almost by the end. We're almost there. We're almost there. Let's let, let's get it done, guys. Um, yeah. The last thing I say, let's go because of something good you guys were talking about. Oh yeah, the seventy promoters. That you got seventy promoters now. Yeah, we we've, we built the team up. There's a lot more people, especially after that show, people started wanting to be involved and involved with our promoters and be involved as promoters and, you know, just coming along with the journey with us. So it's been it's been super beneficial, uh, like with these new people coming on mm -hmm. and wanting to be a part of the culture and growing with us. Yeah, and we're still open arms too. like a lot of these people who are coming to us are people who um I guess we're hesitant or didn't quite know our intentions. Right. And then we displayed them. And so now they know what kind of people we are, what kind of events we throw. And now we can kind of go from there. Dope. And we're all open arms. That's good. That's good. And let me I, let me ask you guys this, because this is something that I've, that I've been wanting to ask for the longest time to somebody who's into festivals. Like... Um, what, right. what is the price for you guys when you guys buy these tickets and then you give it to your promoters? Like how much is there like a like uh, like a bundle deal when you buy these tickets to print it out and give it to your promoters so they can sell it? Uh, so with hard copy tickets, uh, we really haven't dabbled too much in it um, for this upcoming show. We are having we do have some hard copy tickets that we are doing, mm. um, but we do normally have it. We have different types of tiers that we do. Um, and it's within our promoter uh, guidelines that we send out. So uh, for your first, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's four. You have to have four tickets sold prior. And then after that, you receive, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's $8 per ticket thereafter. And then we do have uh, different tiers where after a certain amount, uh, you do get free tickets, uh, free hard copy tickets that you can sell at your leisure for whatever price that okay. you want. Not over what we're charging, you know, of course, yeah. you can't charge in the door, but they have the luxury of selling those tickets at whatever price after a certain point. So we do give a lot of opportunities to make money um, on their end as well, because we want to make sure that they're happy. Our promoters are like, as well, the backbone of our business. We want to make yeah. sure that they... Absolutely. And another cool thing that we're implementing, actually, this event is we reached out to a few of our vendors and uh, local shops, and we're putting together a care package for the top performing um promoters promoters yeah, yeah yeah um so basically we're gonna have like a pin from ale we're gonna have some crystals from my company uh and then some um, cbd from a, C a yeah, local yeah. cbd company and, mm. like a and like a bucket hat and there's gonna be like three winners of the top performing promoters so that's kind of an incentive um but they're actually pretty cool stuff i mean honestly the stuff that ale had at the dope vibes I was like, damn, I want that. Like, I want to become a promoter <laughs> to win it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so we try to do stuff to support like our promoters and make sure that they feel like they're valued and, and, and you know, they, they, they feel that as well. You know, we're it, very, we talk to them every single day and yeah. we're very transparent with everything that goes on. 
that they feel appreciative, you know, of their hard work and that they're doing the thing, you know. Now, do you actually guys put like a like a cap, you know, for each promoter to say is like, guys, like you, if I give you this amount of tickets, like you need to sell this much, or you're just like, now sell whatever you can sell. They can sell one ticket if they want, you know. I mean, they can sell two hundred or one. We really, we're just appreciative for anything. Okay. You know, yeah, it's all love, man. Like yeah. if, if you can, if you show us love and you're coming out there, because it's funny that it's the facts of the matter, but sometimes it's harder to have your friends post your content than it is somebody random. Literally. And, and that's how it's been a lot of the time. So if you're someone that comes and you promote our stuff, you give us that love, like we're going to give the love back. Like that's the least that we can do on our end. Right. And we're going to continue to do that no matter what, because that's, that's the, that's the only way that you ever can grow is giving love to those that give that, that give that to you. you know? I agree. Now I mean, you guys, you guys definitely helped me out a few times when I post something on my Instagrams, you know, and I do appreciate that, you know, that. Absolutely. And, and And that's the thing. We want to make sure that our relationships with people like yourself, our promoters, our vendors, and everybody else is something that's strong and that can move forward in, in the future being strong and positive. You know? Now, do you, now I'm going to ask you this, guys. Um, is, do you have, uh, the, out of the top five, what are the top five things that you guys are hoping to achieve on the next event and so? For the next event are, are top things. Honestly, I think one of them, the first one is energy. We want to make sure that energy is there because that event that we threw, you felt it as soon as you walked into the doors that yeah. it was a festival, that there was this unspoken energy that was around that everybody felt like it was a good time. Everyone was happy and they were in their zone. You know, We want to make sure that that's number one priority, making sure that energy is real and making sure that people feel that too. We want to make sure that people walk away with an experience. I mean, you yeah. want, we want to make sure that when you come to our event, you don't feel like you're at some like rave. We want to, we want to make it feel like you're part of something like a, this bigger picture that exists and that you can feel that we put the effort in. We want to make sure that people see that effort is there and it just doesn't seem like we're just doing it for the money. You know, um, what would you say is another point? I'm sitting here thinking about it. Um, I mean, those, those cover a lot. I feel like just having that foundation and that uh, like ambiance and that vibe separates us from a lot of the other clubs or uh, venues mm -hmm. that have events that are so niche rather than you walking into our festival and you see the house stage, you see the base stage, and then you see people who are in the crowd playing on the open deck stage, you know? Um, But aside from that, I think another thing is going to be decorations. We have been going pretty all out on the decorations to create that vibe and to create that, um, that fantasy. Um, we can't quite say what the theme is. If you look at our flyer, you can kind of get a hint. But we're definitely um, going all out. for. The and especially to production. We've been trying to go hard on production. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that when you come there, you see a fucking stage. Yo. You see some shit that you could be like, damn, that shit's impressive. And we've been, that's one of the things that we've been really working hard and, and talking to a lot of different companies and production teams out there to make sure that that's like a capable thing that we have available for people to experience. That's dope. That's dope. Now, contrary to that, what are the five things that you want to avoid for the next company events? 
Definitely the fire alarms. For oh, sure. fire alarms for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something that we want to avoid, uh, making sure that people have all their needs. We want to make sure that there's like ample amounts of water. We don't want anybody being thirsty or like, look, the reality is everybody does stuff. You know what I mean? Everybody takes something. They're on something or they take something or they're just enjoying themselves. People need to make sure, we want to make sure that there's no problems that can arise from you having a good time. We want to make sure that everything's available to them. So we don't want people being thirsty. We don't want people going in there hungry. We want to make sure that like, there's no, nothing on the back end that can cause problems. You know, we actually are right now are in the process of getting Narcan certified. Uh, so we'll have Narcan at every single one of our events moving That's forward. Good. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to make sure that, th- that we can provide a safe space. That's the most important thing. Yes. Besides that, I don't want, we don't want to have any problems that can arise from ODs or anything like that. Cause we want to make sure that people know that it's okay. We understand the culture. It's okay to do what you want to do, but we want to make sure that they feel safe mm-hmm. and they feel like they're in a, in a, in a place where if they're on something, if anything goes bad, they can talk to me, Lorenzo, the rest of the team, any of our volunteers that we have working on the project and know that they're, that they can be taken care of and be in a safe in a safe environment. Ground control. You know, people in the crowds looking for yeah. suspicious activity, making sure everyone's okay. That's something that we've been implementing on these larger scale events. Yeah, and then uh, what else can uh, we can avoid? Um, running out of food. Running out of food. food. Running out of food. That's definitely, definitely food. one of there. You know. <laughs> It's yeah, a, but out of those things, I think those are like our most priorities. I, f- I feel like you guys more or less have a bigger picture now of what's what is it is to come on the next festival. And you guys got a clear mind of, you know, what are the mistakes that you guys did and how to correct them. And you guys are ready. Like we, we corrected some of these. It's not going to happen. These two festivals, you know, the one in March and one in April, whenever this episode airs out for the 100th episode um, and and the, you guys are definitely taking steps for it, man. And I commend you guys for doing that. Like you guys are, yeah, this is a learning process, you know, like we all make mistakes. That's fine, you know, but as long as we live and learn from these mistakes and we know to correct them, even in, in the moment or on the next one, everything's going to go as it, as it should, you know, as Absolutely. the universe intended, you know. Now, um, before we wrap this up, guys, um, I'm actually going to give you guys the floor to yourselves and have the opportunity to shoot up some questions for me, you know, at, you know, for, give me a little interview if you guys want to or ask a, a questions in the industry or some of the things that I'm doing and whatnot. Like, take it away, guys. Like, tell me what what's up that you guys are probably curious to ask me about that we probably haven't talked about, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll hit you with one. I'll get let Lorenzo hit you with one. Sure. Uh, what was the most uh, exciting topic that you've ever spoken about on your podcast? That is a very good one because I always have a lot of topics to talk about in, in every artist. And as, as I, as I interview artists, my topics tend to grow a little bit. Sometimes some of these topics become a one episode by myself and talk about it in a most explicit and detailed form, you know? And then once I have that, then I'll just add that to the topic list and add that directly to the artist to see what they think about it. And they can give me a little small detail about it or they can give me a whole large story about it. So it's very hard because I'm always adding topics to it. 
But I guess like my favorite topic that I ask on every interviewer, and in, it has to be the last free questions that I normally ask on every interviewer. Like I ask, I ask people, what are your greatest accomplishments? Doesn't have to be music related. It could be, you know, general life related. Like, you know, the other day, you know, I interviewed somebody and it was like, you know, like, oh, my greatest accomplishment is like I'm sober. You know, I'm not doing any drugs or anything. And that I did something good about myself and brought my family over. That was like, yo, that's yeah. fucking dope. That's oh, an yeah, accomplishment. That's definitely an accomplishment. I'll take that. Um, what one of the stuff that you're currently doing? What do you hope to accomplish? That's definitely another one that I ask a lot because obviously they're trying every single person I try to accomplish a certain thing and you know it's hard for them but it's already in the words and they're trying to do to it and obviously the last question which is um what are the free pieces of advice that you give to somebody you know if somebody comes over and asks you for these advice what do you what do you what would you give it to them you know because sometimes these advice can be life-changing for anybody and the cool thing about that last question is that everybody gives me a different answer. There's not really a one answer that's like commonly on every other interview. Everybody has a different answer. And that's and I found that very cool to hear about it because like all that are positive. They're all positive messages, but it's the way how they view things and how they attached to those views, you know, made their lives much more fulfilling and successful. So I guess that's actually one of the cool things, one of the, my favorite topics. It has to be like the last three questions. But if I have to choose one, I guess I will say like the last question overall. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's spectacular. I feel like that really goes a long way, um, especially with the, the people who you interview. You know, mm -hmm. those are just tr like tremendously valuable questions. And, you know, I just want to give them, you know, the opportunity that if they ever have the ability to help someone out, you know, they can fulfill the fact that like, yo, I changed someone's life because of this advice that that I go through, you know, this credo that I am, you know, that's working for me. I'm glad that it, it may actually it or is actually working for someone else. So that's fulfilling to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I have another, I have one more question. I have two questions for you. Actually. Go shoot. So the first one is, how do you feel about doing live interviews for our upcoming events that we have planned for Miami, doing some live interviews with some artists? I am more than happy and open about it. I've never done a live interview in my life. But then again, I've never done any interviews overall until I started my podcast. So this is going to be a fun experience for me to do and to conduct. And absolutely, I would like to to do that and you know if it gives me more stuff to for me to learn and give me a little bit more experience like absolutely i'm more than happy to do so let's do it all right let's make it happen and then my last question to ask on my end i got yeah. okay on my end, how are you feeling about your hundredth episode man <laughs> that's fucking amazing <laughs> I mean, I've I've always speculated like, what is it that I'm want to do in my hundred episode? I want to do it very special, but I've never thought about like what is it particularly. Um, I just feel like you know, let me just do this hundred episode with people that I've already interviewed that they're more than down to do the episode with me right away. And I thought about you guys right away. I say like, yeah, hey, let's fucking do it. Like, even if it's just talking about your festival and all your experience that came about your festival and what you guys are doing to it. I'm all happy about it. You know, I have to say it's, I guess it's a little bit rewarding for me 
because I honestly did not felt or believe that I was actually going to be this far off as a podcast, you know, because like when I started the podcast, it was all more about, you know, doing things and, and talking about things, and, you know, in the platform, you know, just sharing everybody my experience, you know, telling the whole world what's going on and what I think about what's going on. And I never, I never intended to make this podcast as a as an interview podcast. That was that was something I was planning to do later on to have guests over to my show and talk about certain topics and whatnot. But it was never like my first priority. And the reason why is because I I wanted to start this podcast with, you know, with someone else to have a co-host. But, you know, it was first of all, it was hard to find a co-host. Second, it's hard to find someone who can be as committed as I am because I think that's the problem on many times what I've, I've done podcasts with other people who are willing to do some of the stuff is that it's the commitment, you know? If you tell me I gotta be here every Sunday and do interviews or talk about the podcast so we can release it later the week, I'm here every Sunday. That's how committed I am. But if you come over on a Sunday and then the next week you can't, then okay, then let's work something out. Oh, but you can't because you're busy. Let's go on the next Sunday. But I'll be like, but that means we'll have an open space, you know, and we want to be consistent. All podcasting is all about consistency that you can't stop it. You know, there's, out of the hundred episodes, there's probably one or two times in which I didn't do an episode. And it's because I just wanted to take a break just for, for a bit. Those two times were far off from each other, but I just wanted to have a little break and I didn't have anything to talk about. But then afterwards, I said, like, nah, let's not let's not do that. And I decided, like, OK, if I don't have an interview or have anybody, I'll just do a fucking episode because I have. If you look at my phone, I got literally a, a note on my notes, a list of at least a good 50 to 100 topics to talk about. And each of those topics could be an episode long. So it's like I'm always back up for anything. So if I can produce on, a, on an interview with somebody, at least I got, you know, I can talk about certain topics. So looking back to how I started things and how I am progressing to where I am right now, it's it's very rewarding. And I never, never anticipated that was going to be like this. Honestly, I never thought that I was going to be the doing interview style podcast in which I interview people around the world. Because literally, I've interviewed people from Europe, a bunch of people from the States and Canada. And so so it's like, it's a rewarding experience in itself. It's just like, wow. And now people awesome. and people are like, when I try to hit them up on the DNs, because most of the time I when I look for somebody to come over to the show, and I t most of the time I just do it for the DNs on Instagram. That's like the quickest way to do it. So, there are a few times that I talk to managers. Two out of the three, the managers blew me off, which whatever... That that's their loss. They're not their their client is not gonna be on my podcast for sure and anytime soon. Um, there are times in which artists have ghosted me. I bleep these names out. Like I can tell you, like uh, for example, um Nosfear, Lizzie Jane, Sippy, um, oh. um, Careless Castle. And Careless Castle happens to be my former tutor, uh, mentor and tutor. Really? I learned I learned a lot, a lot of sound designing and mixing from this guy. It's like I wow. guess like most of my shit it comes from them. Uh, I got 
Yeah, I got people who ghost me. I got people who blow me off. But then again, it doesn't outweigh with all the people that said yes to me, especially people that I never thought that will say yes to me. I'll beat these names out because it's going to come on the episode. But I got 10 graphs and infinite coming up right now. Yeah. Holy snap. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Damn. dude. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait for those. And dude, 10, right. 10 graphs episode, I will have to say it has to be my favorite episode. Wow. It's exciting. Yeah. It's definitely like a free hour episode, like a free hour, which it'll, I'll divide into two. And then at the end of it, the guy was like, yo, I'm down to do another one in, in May. So that way you can release a third episode in the summer. I'm like, dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. that's freaking dope. <laughs> that's wow. And then Infinite, you know, sweetest person ever. So it's like, yo, let's do it. Like, I got a couple of songs, like, uh, they're lined up for April so we can talk about it so I could come back and do shit. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's go for it. And then uh, there's other people who are trying to reach out. And right now I stopped reaching out to people because I already got, like, episodes already scheduled all the way to May to June. Like, every, wow. every Friday is a new episode all the way to June. That's how, wow. And then afterwards, after, like, around April, May, then I'll start, like, all right, what's next? Who's next? You know, I'm also happy the fact that because I did some of this stuff that when I reach out to some of these people, they say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. Like, yeah, you got dope job. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen your work. It's actually pretty good. Cool. I'm down for it. That that, you know, that fulfills me. The fact that they say they've heard of me, at least that means that I'm doing something right. So now it's like this train is there. There's no stopping for this train. This is like full throttle all yeah, the way, you dude. know, to answer your question, to make it to the 100th episode, it feels overwhelming and it feels exciting. Never would have thought that I'd make it this far. Never would have thought that I would have the people that I've talked over to this, to this show and they're down and they're super down. So I'm just looking forward to the many more that that are coming over, you know. I want to make sure that I'm the ED, I'm the Joe Rogan of EDM. Yeah. Oh, and you will be there, yeah. my friend. The way the way that you run your podcast, believe me, you will be. For sure. We have 100% faith in you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. I'm dead. That's my goal. We're going to make it. And I know that doing this shit is going to open a lot of doors, man. There's a lot of, lot of things that I want to do. You know, a lot of things. Not just the production level or the DJ level. Like, no, nah. no. There's a lot of other cool things I want to do. Man. And I always want to do voice acting. So that's definitely something that will open doors for me if I'm a podcaster. I also want to try do, you know, the opportunity that you guys are giving me doing live interviews to these festivals. You know, I want definitely want to be part of it and, you know, talk to these artists and and network and have them over to my shoulder and have a full, you know, full lengthy episode with them. You know, definitely. There's a lot of things that I want to do, man. And. So like podcasting is the way in which those doors are going to be open for me, man. And I'm just super excited to what's to come, you know, just little by little. We're getting there. Let's just and I'm telling people like, hey, let's just get to the thousand subscribers. You know, if we get us thousand subscribers, I'm going to do like a lot of free shit. You know, I'm going to like I'll do a private touring session live, you know, feedback, all your music or I don't know, like uh I'll do a lot of cool shit. Like, I don't know. I know that for the next time that there's like a 200th episode, I'll try to have as many people as possible over to the show for that one 200th and have like a whole like community talk with each other. 
That would be that crazy. would be crazy. Yeah, that's a great that's idea. a great fucking idea. Yeah, hell yeah. So that's like something that I'm, right now is like, all right, we we got we got something to think about on the next time. You know, like have let's say have you guys, and then also I got an artist. You know, that's coming over. I got a an up and comer who's a local who's trying to come over as well, and then have a bunch of people just talking over and just asking questions to each other, communicating with each other, network with each other. You know all that cool stuff. You know, just having that community sense that they feel welcome. You know, to be part of something. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. So yeah, guys, that's definitely so my, my answer. You know. So my question was, um, who's your favorite DJ right now, and who would you like to see us book? At one of our shows, that's yeah, gonna tough. No, it's not a tough question to be honest. It's just like it's it's gonna be way way too pricey for you guys to book this guy. Um, <laughs> probably true. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> um. All right. Right now, Finn is like I've always had my idols, which is Skrillex, Zomboy, and Rob Sawyer from Pendulum and Knife Party. Those are my idols. Like, and I've already met Skrillex and Zomboy many times and cool people. The one person that I've never met and wish I could ever meet is Rob Swire from Pendulum and Knife Party. So if you guys can manage to somehow book them in South Florida, that's going to be the biggest sold out show ever. We gotta do it. All right. Looks like we have yeah. to do it. Yeah. You've spoken into existence. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right. And I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna interview Rob Swire and we're gonna exchange numbers and we're gonna do a collab and then we're gonna release it. And you know, shit goes off. Damn <laughs> yeah, right. It will happen. Yeah. We're manifesting it right we're now. Mani- at this moment. We're manifesting it. Um, but those are like my idols. If I have to say, like, there's one artist in particular that um that you guys should take a look at and met and consider booking then it's pretty hard because a lot of people that i've interviewed are those type of people that i like i would like for you guys to take a crack at these guys and book you know like a lot of people that i book that i talked to in this interview i could give you names like you know, Lost Chameleon. He's from fucking um, Greece. You know, Dr. Ushu, Bezo, Navet. Bezo and Dr. Ushu are from, from France and they're part of that French community of dubstep. Navet, he's like the only Czech Republic producer that I've ever heard, you know? And then you got the you got your locals right here, like Plasma, Dream Takers, Goom, Batsel, um, AK Rennie, and anybody who I have I forgot to mention, um, Gringo or anybody who anybody who's ever come to my episode and my podcast show, you know, those are also local legends and as well Florida locals, you know. And then obviously you got my people that are from the from the from the west side of of the states. You got my grocery boys group you know you got um the house guy uh, price you got fox fox is super fucking killing it right now in the house scene and semi dubs you know destroyer with his kaiju pick compilation like these are local guys who are literally killing it and they're making headlines and names um Mantic, you know, um, there's someone, but but there's there's like a, at least I liked all those guys. I liked all those guys, and I love for you guys for you guys to take a look at those guys and check it out and see what you guys think about. Um, if 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 there's like an established artist that will say like, yo, 
be dope. You guys get them over here. Will probably be most step. Okay. Most step, bro. And if you can get them either as a DJ set or as a live set, live set to me, that's wild shit. Like live set to me, that's my favorite one. Josh and Pat, those are my homies, you know, but those are like the illest people you can think of. And they're so wholesome people, you know. Either way, however, you can get them over here because let me tell you, last time I heard Moatstead over here was like Treehouse. You know, when Disciple did a takeover at Treehouse, like, I don't know how long, but, you know, I feel like it's time for them to come make a comeback here again here in uh, in Miami, you know. So if you guys can pull most of it, you, you, you definitely got a monster right there for sure. I know people will be down to see those guys. That's for sure. And you can get that ass for sure. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Try to make that happen. I, yeah. I, I don't know if those guys are in there in the for, Forbidden Kingdom. I know a lot of people from Disciple are in that Forbidden Kingdom lineup, so I don't know how that shit's gonna fuck you guys up with the fucking claws. Because wow, bro, like, <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah, we have to be careful. But yeah, I still can't get over it. Like, I think about it a lot, and I'm like, holy shit! Like the reaction I had when I saw that, it's just like I had no idea until I read the shit and I was like, holy shit. But we can promise you that we'll make we'll get some of those artists that you mentioned yeah. and we can promise you that we're gonna we'll we'll try to we'll try to book your 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 top your top artists and we'll make hey. it happen these days. Hey, let's go. Let's go. It'll I guarantee you guys it'll be a sold out if you get Rob Swire. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Now, guys, like, you got any more questions, <laughs> any more, like, in-depth questions that you guys want to ask me that you guys are always dying to know about the industry or by myself? Maybe you should ask yourself the three questions that you always ask everybody. Mm, okay. We can end up with that one. Yeah, I would like to hear those answers. Yeah, okay. as well. All right. So for those of you who've never heard it, but I'm pretty sure anybody who's heard this, um, this is a question I give to everybody. The question is, you know, you're walking down the street and all of a sudden um, a UFO pops out of nowhere and tells you like, yo, Wolfson, we need your help because you and only you can help us out, man. And you'll be like, all right, go, let's go. Fuck. <laughs> but before you go, we don't know how long you're going to go out. Here's a piece of paper, write free pieces of advice that you give to someone. So my freeze pieces of advice damn i give this so much to many people and i never had that question asked to myself that's damn you got you guys got me thinking now all right the first thing i will say yeah the first thing i will say and i feel like this is a must is um be humble be humble do not expect anything you know Always do something without having the expectation that you'll get gain something in return. You know, just be humble. Be humble with whatever you got. Be grateful with all the opportunities that you have. You know, that's because I feel like if you're if you're a humble person, it will go along a lot longer on your life and on your business, far longer than you could have ever imagined. That's um my advice. That my, that's my first advice. Advice number two, I will say whatever you're doing, that you're passionate about it, full throttle on it. Like if you're passionate about something, just do it. You know, like whether whether it makes you money or not, 
as long as you're happy and you're passionate about this, I think that's what matters the most. Obviously, it will be dope if you make some sort of an income out of it. And I'm not saying like quit your job, your job so you can pass follow this passion and not make it make any sense. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like be passionate of something that you're so proud of and that you're happy about and go forward to it. Like, for example, I'm passionate with a lot of things. You know, I'm passionate with podcasting. I'm not making any money out of it. Not yet, at least. But I'm not seeking about it either. Be dope in the long run in the future. That'll definitely, you know, earn some money out of it, some income. But I'm not really like, that's my main goal. That's my whole reason why I'm doing a podcast. No, like my whole reason I'm doing a podcast is because I love talking to people. I love talking and listening to their experience and see how like-minded we really are and build a community of sense and helping and guiding people out of it. You know, that that's what I'm passionate about. And even so, I still got my nine to five job and I love my nine to five job and I'm passionate about it. And I don't feel my nine to five job as a as a job. I feel it as a as a career, as a something that I'm happy to do and I wake up every day doing it. So Beautifully my, said. So p- advice number two, follow your passion. You know, always do something that makes you happy. And and I'll end this with this one, which I feel like this will go, it's not gonna trump the the first two, but it's gonna it's gonna make sense why this third advice applies to all of these. Dedication, consistency, hard work, patience. You apply all of those and the sky is the limit. You'll apply those five things that I mentioned in your passion and and humbling yourself with others and being a nice person, not be a fucking dick. You will go far along than what you could have expected, what you could have exceeded. I live with that philosophy my whole life because I've seen how hard work pays paid off a lot of things. Like I said, me very hardworking and consistent and being dedicated to do all those hours as a free promoter and got me to be on Life in Color. And having yeah. that patience and that time, it's not easy because you never know if, whether it's full of shit or is like not really happening. But yeah. having that patience that everything's going to work out and that you know it's going to work out, it takes a lot from someone's because especially if you're like a very impatient person, you don't see results like this and you want results like that. That's where it's going to be the def- the fall from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So you got to, you know, you got to stand back for a bit and wait things to play off. If you already did your work, everything's going to make sense later on. It's going to. The universe will reward you one way or another. You know, there are times in which I worked so hard for a certain event that I want to be part of it. I didn't get that event because that's why reason. But it was a blessing in the sky because I didn't get that event, but I got the other event. And that event was much more bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And it was much more rewarding afterwards because it's like, oh, okay, there was a reason why. I didn't get it because it didn't make sense for me now. It made sense for the next patience pays to be patient about it, you know? And, you know, I say follow those free advice to anybody who's listening, even though some of them are like a little bit more specifically detailed, but it makes sense why they're specifically detailed because it all becomes a whole core foundation of what I believe. And I feel like what people should actually follow through, you know? 
Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, beautifully said. Those are wise words right there. This is the old saying that I tell everybody. A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. The wisest man learns from both. That's yeah. some powerful fucking words right there. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit, that I, shit that I learned over the course of my podcast, man. So, you know, more stuff to do, to give out, man. So I'm just, you know, I'm just happy and excited for this 200th episode. I mean, 200th episode with you guys, man. Thank you very much for coming over to the show and have this wonderful conversation with you guys and have this feel. I feel much more better, you know, and I feel like, you know, we we learn a lot more new stuff with each other, man. So I'm super excited for the for the next thing that's happening with you guys. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank us. you for having us. It's and a blessing. It definitely is. And we're happy to do. We're happy. We're hope that we can do a lot more of these and we can get you out for our events and you can do them live. And we can continue to, to build this relationship that we have. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm definitely excited. And yeah, guys, I'm I'm up for it. You know, I'm out for it for the live e events for doing a, a small little podcast moment alive. That's dope. I'll I'll definitely make it happen. I'm I'm in. I'm in the I'm in the that festival. Yeah. You already know. I, I'm yeah. one of the headliners. You know, so I'm gonna be yeah, right. I'm gonna be interviewing everybody, and then I'm gonna be showing up. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I still fucking got it. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Yeah, right. I'm I'm excited, guys. I'm excited for our, for what's to come for us. You know, in the future, it's gonna be looking great. This is gonna be a good year for all of us. You know, before we leave, plug yourself out, guys. Let the people know where they can follow you and what they can expect from you right now in the future. All right. So follow us on uh, on Facebook, Instagram. We have a TikTok. Uh, we're we're about to start a Twitter soon. You can find us at Underground Wubs uh, with the Z. With the Z at the end, not an S. Yes. Uh, Underground Wubs, one word. Um, and you can expect some amazing events with amazing energy, with amazing vendors, amazing artists, and just nonstop good vibes and vibrations and just pos positivity everywhere. That's dope, guys. Well, guys, thank you for this wonderful 100th special episode, you know, guys. Looking thank forward you. for the next one, guys. And remember, everyone... It's a brand new episode with a brand new topic every fucking Friday in the Lone Wolf Podcast. And you want to listen to all my shit, you can always follow me at SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio at Wolves of Music or the Lone Wolf Podcast. And of course, you can check my YouTube channel, which guys help me out grow to let's get to a thousand subscribers. We're 90% out there. Let's yeah. fucking do it. Let's fucking you heard the man. Let's fucking go, guys. You know, like and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications at youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast or lonewolfpod.com. That's lone w-o-l-v pod.com. And you can check all my latest episodes. Guys, fucking comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover, you want Undergrubs to cover it, please let us know in the comments down below and we'll do our best to cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in on this 100 episode and we'll see you guys on the next one and the many more, guys. Deuces. Later. <laughs>